This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is the Monty Show. Tuesday, August 2nd, 2022. Big show for you as always. Good morning, Jake. Hello. Okay, great. Um, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, we have a lot to get to today. Obviously, um, if you're following the headlines around the world of sports today, you know there is a lot of NBA to get to with this Knicks tampering thing. But one of the questions we want to talk about today is Utah Jazz fans playing the victim card when it comes to Donovan Mitchell. Think about that. Are you as a Utah Jazz fan playing the victim card? Should the NFL suspend Deshaun Watson for the entire season? They have until tomorrow to take action. I think this is one of the most controversial topics in all of sports. Like, of the year in all of yeah. sports. Seriously. Tiger Woods turned down less than the Mega Millions jackpot from last week. 800 milli to work for the people who cut people's heads off. And your favorite dating app, Tinder, is 10 years old today. Yeah. Swipe left. All were, right. you, were you ever a big Tinder guy? No, not really. No. Never? No, Tinder was never my thing. Did you ever go on a Tinder date? Uh, I think once, and it was crappy. Okay. Okay. We yeah. will talk about that. Um, but let's get to work uh, by reminding you that this very program is brought to you by uh, our good friends at the Barbecue Pit Stop. Hey, we were at every Barbecue Pit Stop yesterday, um, dropping off enter to win boxes for the <laughs> BYU-Notre Dame driveaway to see uh, BYU at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas taking on Notre Dame. The Fighting Irish in the Shamrock Series win a trip for two, including two nights at the Palms Resort and Casino, as well as two tickets to the game and a $250 gas card. Thanks to our friends at Barbecue Pit Stop, any store. So whether that is Logan, beautiful store in Logan. Yes. For Barbecue yes. Pit Stop. If you're yes. uh, up in northern Utah, stop by the Logan store. They have an actual full-time butcher. They're pretty for real. Yeah, that works at the Logan store. He can cut meat for you right there on the spot. So not only do you get a smoker, all the seasoning, the pellets, anything you need, you also get your cut of meat I'll at Barbecue Pit Stop in Logan, Lehigh, Layton, Salt Lake City, and St. George. And every one of those stores has an enter-to-win box on the counter where you can fill out a slip, drop it in the box, and you could win a trip for two do it. to see BYU and Notre Dame in the Shamrock Series in Las Vegas on October 7th and 8th, all courtesy of our friends at Barbecue Pit Stop, as well as uh, Academy Mortgage and Devery Davis. Hey, by the way, did you guys see that mortgage uh, rates are down and prices of homes in our state are plummeting so you well, now well, well. can afford to buy a house? That's why you're going to call Devery Davis, 801-543-9666. NMLS number 278-545 Academy Mortgage and Devery Davis are equal housing lenders. Let's get to work on the Utah Utes. Where are the Utah Utes headed? That seems to be the question as we deal with Pac-12 
Are they expanding? Is the Pac-12 contracting? Is the Pac-12 going away? And I think one of the real victims in all of this is the University of Utah. Coming off of, inarguably, their best season and their most successful season as a member of the Pac-12, it would seem that the rug has been yanked out from under the feet of the Utes again because USC and UCLA have decided to head for the Big Ten. So the question is, what is the best course of action for the University of Utah now? And Jake, I don't think there is any doubt. Their best course of action is getting out of the Pac-12 as soon as possible. Yeah, and I think that that's on many different levels. I think, you know, the one everyone always talks about is like revenue per school and, and how much money can you make and, and, and how can you be how can you directly benefit from you know switching conferences from a financial um you know standpoint i also think another layer to this though is utah's reputation and what they've built over the last decade with kyle whittingham and 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 this program and i think for utah specifically uh this is something that i think really matters that you know you don't want to just go to you know, not that not that they're ever going to be in the Mountain West, you know, as an example. But the Mountain West is something people have been talking about. You don't want to go to the Mountain West and, and be playing with some of those schools. That's not you're you're above those schools. You're better than those schools. I think the best course of action. But are you? Yeah, I think uh, you and, are. Because I think this is a really important point that you're you're going to make right here. Yeah. Give me the value proposition. If you are the University of Utah, what is your value proposition right now? If you're out there selling yourself to the Big 12. What is your value proposition? Well, if I'm selling myself to the Big 12, the value proposition is I was just in the Rose Bowl. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a relevant team. Uh, I've been competing over the last three to four seasons in the college football playoff or like to get a spot in the college football playoff, that is. Uh, and, and I can make money for you. I, I truly believe that's a value proposition. Another standpoint that I'd be coming from if I was, if I was the Utes trying to sell myself to the Big 12 is I'd be saying, hey, look what we've accomplished without any type of TV deal or any type of um, you know, distribution deal. What would we be if we had you know, an ESPN you know, relationship? Or what would we be if we were on DirecTV every single week? Well, I, you know, I think that obviously it's hard to say exactly what you'd be, but I think we can all agree that the Utah Utes would be a higher profile program if they were being watched nationally every single week. And that's why, to me, I think it's incredibly impressive what they've been able to do from a national branding perspective. And, and so that's why I say if I'm selling myself to the Big 12 and I'm the Utah Utes, I, that's my angle. I'm saying, hey, we just did all this. We just went through a ton of adversity. We, we, we are bowl team caliber in your conference. What else do you need to know? Because all the Big 12 cares about is making money at this point. Right, like surviving, but then ultimately making money and making the conference better. What better way to improve a conference than to say, "Hey, yes, we win, we make you money," and and what else is there? That's that's what I think. Well, and I I think very clearly the proposition that Utah offers to the Big Twelve, because also in my opinion, the Big Twelve is the only destination for the University of Utah. I think the proposition that Utah brings is they could arguably say they're the best football program in the Big 12. I mean, if you look at what Utah's accomplished over the last decade, building up uh, to a Pac-12 championship this past season and a berth in the Rose Bowl where you took Ohio State's best punch and damn near beat them. Yeah. My, my argument would be, hey, we're one of the best football programs in the country. We have one of the best football coaches in the country. We put guys in the NFL. Um, I think if if you put 
Utah in the Big 12 right now, they can compete at the top of that conference. All gas, there, no break. Well, yeah, there's no ramp-up period, which, by the way, if you're a Big 12 member, maybe that's not exactly what you're looking for. Yeah. Right? Maybe you don't want, you know, hey, those Pac-12 a-holes to come in here and run our conference. Well, if you bring Utah in, I think there's a real good chance that Utah is one of those teams that comes in and runs your conference. So I don't know that that's a good thing or a bad thing or otherwise, but I also think the Florida game is a huge game for Utah. Yes. And I know that we're a month away from that or whatever it is now, but if, if you're the Utah Utes, you have to run the table. You have to be impressive. You are no different than where BYU was a year ago. You are, you are no different than where BYU's been for that same decade that you were enjoying lackluster income in the Pac-12 and BYU was fighting for legitimacy. That's kind of where you're at right now. And if I am if I am Kyle Whittingham in the Utah football program, I am doing everything that I can do to prove my point that you are the best, most desirable team in the Pac-12. Whether you are or not is almost insignificant. You have to make the case that you are. And I think part of your brand is, hey, we just look what we just did last season. Because Utah had its best season in the Pac-12. That's not even a, a conversation right. point. Yeah. yeah. But everything that this team has been through in the last two years, through the period of time where everybody got stuck in the armor, well, not everybody, some people and others, um, you know. Anyway, the point is, you know, what you've been through, through the pandemic, what you've been through, through all of the ups and downs in the Pac-12, and you've persevered, and you are now playing at your peak, I think you have to make that case right now because I think that Utah is a great program and they deserve Big 12 football. That's well, where they belong. And I think for the Big 12, you know, the other consideration is you're trying to compete with these other conferences. Like, you're trying to compete with the Big 10. You, you Obviously, you know, and it's a farther stretch, but you obviously you'd want to compete with the SEC. Now, you're not yeah. there yet. Obviously, the SEC is the best conference in the country. Nobody doubts that. That's not even in dispute. But I think if you're the Big 12, you're, you're looking at this, and you're saying, okay, Utah just, just, just competed with, Ohio State to Ohio State's limit. Like, like Utah's a good program. Now, they may not get the national recognition that an Oregon does because Utah doesn't have Phil Knight. Utah doesn't have the Nike, the Nike money, the Phil Knight connection. Like, you know, so that helps Oregon a lot. But I just think that there's this dynamic at play for Utah where if they had a distribution deal, if more people on the East Coast in that portion of the country knew just how damn good the Utes were, they would be a, a more dominant program. And that's what I think if I'm the Big 12, I just can't turn my back on that. And as far as Utah coming in and winning, look, that would be better than Utah coming in and just tanking, like from a, a value perspective. So I just don't think that winning football games is never a bad thing in my opinion. Yeah, totally agree with that. All right, let's get your comments in here. Um, no doubt about it. Spencer Morgan with the, the best comment today. He says, LOL at today's thumbnail. Who makes the thumbnails for this show, Jay? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to talk to the intern, bro. Yeah. Casual. Yeah, Mrs. Monty makes the thumbnails. Yeah, you know. Uh, no, I make the thumbnails, and I'm glad you laughed the dogs, at it. The dogs, the, the dogs, they make the thumbnails. Right, right. Uh, you know. Uh, Jesse Harsh gives us a $2 super sticker. Appreciate you, Jesse. Thank you so much. All of the, the donations that we get when you guys tip us on the show go directly into infrastructure of the show. They don't go into our pocket. 
So whether that is, you know, recently better cameras or equipment or what have you, uh, marketing dollars, you name it, everything you donate to the show goes right back into uh, creating a better product. Appreciate that. Uh, excuse me. Jesse says, happy Tuesday, everyone. Hey, what's more likely, Utah making the playoffs or BYU making a New Year's Six this year? Also, what's your season prediction for both teams? I think both teams have a very difficult schedule. Yeah. I would think more likely um, – I would think Utah making the playoffs because I still maintain, even though you're, you know, you are a big 12 team. I think the thing you have to remember is you're not a big 12 team yet. If you're BYU and, and one of the harsh realities for BYU is this is a very dangerous season. I mean, when you, when you look at BYU's situation, you're not going into the big 12. Now you're going into the big 12 a year from now. And the, the painful truth is you have a lot of players on this BYU roster who will never play Big 12 football. You have a guy in Jaron Hall who arguably will never play Big 12 football. I mean, that's a guy that if he has a massive season, um, there's no reason that he would want to come back. I mean, yep. and then again, I think everything that Utah is doing right now um, is, you know, building off of the momentum he had last year. And there's no reason to think that this Ute program is going to take a step back, especially with Cam Rising now being the starting quarterback from the jump. And hopefully we're not going to see tragedy and heartbreak again in this program. I mean, I, I would think that you are on much better footing now than you've been at any point in your Pac-12 uh, existence. I would think that it's a, a, a far better chance that Utah would make the college football playoff than BYU getting a New Year's Six just because BYU's an independent. Their schedule is very difficult, in my opinion. Um, so if I if I had to guess, I think you're looking at probably two losses for both clubs. Um, and I think that Utah football is going to um, really have their hands full winning the Pac-12 because I'm also a guy who believes very heavily in Lincoln Riley. I think they've done a very good job at USC in the transfer portal. I think Caleb Williams has every reason to believe that he could, could and should win the Heisman Trophy. Um, they are as talented. They have upperclassmen. I mean, USC is going to be very good, but Utah is going to be very good as well. And that game this year, by the way, is in Salt Lake City, if memory serves. Like, there's every reason to believe that Utah will have every opportunity with the football in their hands to win the Pac-12 again. And I think there's a likelihood that happens. And I think they take a, take another step forward. And I think they do wind up in the college football playoff. Yeah, no, I completely agree, 100%. I, I would agree with that sentiment. The only other thing I would say is that I think Utah um, has better staying power from the injury standpoint. I think that Utah um, can withstand injuries a little bit better than BYU can. I think we saw that last year with Jaron going out. I think that really hurt uh, really hurt BYU, you know, and, and I think that – you know, not that not that Utah has some quarterback farm up on the hill there, but I think that Utah just has more what I like to call staying power, the ability to just get through a couple of games here and there if if Cam were to miss time or or whatever, you know. And so for me, I yeah, I think it's definitely more likely that Utah makes the playoff than BYU getting a New Year's Six. Yeah, and I, and I don't think that's a slight or a knock. No, not at all. I just um, think that's where the programs are at right now. But I do agree that BYU season is is hugely important. I mean, the last thing you want. And it's so funny how this dynamic is playing out, but the last thing you want for BYU and really for Utah in the same breath is to have some crap season. You can't afford that right now. That's not, that's exactly not an right. option for either program. So. No, it's not. And I, I think it is – what's the right way to say it? I, I think it is It is very difficult if you, are, if you are Utah to enjoy what you had last year. 
it's unfortunately very difficult. One, I mean, the Pac-12 is not a deep conference, but you certainly have competition. There is no doubt about that. So it's never, you can't just say, okay, well, we won last year. Let's have an off year. Like, that's not possible. Two, you open up with Florida, which is an absolute ball buster of a game. Three, you're fighting for survival right now. I mean, if you are Utah, and I think this is a really important point. If you are Utah, you can't overvalue yourself. It's not possible. You cannot overvalue yourself. And when you look at where Utah is now, historically where Utah has been, they've always been the underdog. Whether it was the original BCS buster, whether it has been, you know, finally winning a Pac-12 championship last year, whether it was finally winning in LA, you know, back in the day, beating USC at the Coliseum, you know, like all of these major milestones in the Pac-12. And now it kind of feels like you fought all the way up the hill just to get, you know, donkey stomp back down to the bottom. Yeah. And now you got to fight again out of the darkness. And it, it just continues, whether it is all the tragedy, the, the, the Jordan situation, the passing of two players, like just all of this nonsense and pain and ridiculousness that's going on at the conference level. You cannot possibly oversell yourself. Get out and market yourself. And I think I think Harlan's doing that. I know that they have had conversations with the Big 12, but keep your foot on the gas. Win games, lobby the, the Big 12 hard, and get out of the Pac-12 while you can. Because I got news for you. The Pac-12 is dying. There is no saving grace. Right now, you are relying and hoping on UCLA to stay in the conference. Thanks. That's what you're hanging on to. Your lifeline is that maybe you can change UCLA's mind. That's your lifeline. That's not a lifeline. You're dead in the water. It's over, man. They have got to, in my opinion, Jake, pull the ripcord on the Pac-12 because there there is no win. Yeah, and I think that, and this is kind of what we talked about yesterday, but I think that you know George Klafkoff did a great job of of painting this like, positive like hey we're some great conference you know we have all this value uh we we win multiple championships every year in badminton like come on dude like the problem is is that you don't make football programs money that's the problem you have done a poor job of distributing your product and i think yeah you're in a bad spot i i think that that if i'm utah yeah i am trying to jump i am trying to say okay yep we need to get to the Big 12 as soon as possible because we're probably not we're probably not Big 10 quality right now. That's not going to happen for us and we're definitely not SEC quality at this point. So the Big 12 is our is our, you know, Noah's Ark if you will. It is our boat. It is our saving grace. It is our lifeline. It is where we need to go. And so that's why I say, you know, whether you want to look at BYU or you want to look at Utah, that the schedule this year is hugely important. And yes, Florida is a ball breaker. Yes, it is. But also, and I'm a big believer in this, when you when you have tough times, like yes, they are tough times, but they're also opportunities. What happens if you roll out and you beat Florida and then you're, you know, five and zero when you when you when you get through the first five weeks of the season? Like who the hell knows, man? Like that's the kind of opportunity you have right now. I think when you look at this conference and you look at their schedule. Yeah. This is Utah's schedule, as I have Phil Steele's Bible. Phil Steele! Which you still don't have a copy of. Well, I you mean, have a copy, and that's you what matters. You understand that this is Phil Steele's 
2022 college football preview. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. And you don't have one. I know you love that thing. So you essentially have no balls. Right. Okay. Well, hey, you know, it is what it is, man. From the Bible. Uh, No, their schedule is at Florida September 3rd, one month from tomorrow. Right. Home for Southern Utah, home for San Diego State. Wales vagina is a huge game this year. Tell me San Diego State doesn't have something to prove. I'm for real. You're at Arizona State, Oregon State at home, at UCLA. Tell me UCLA doesn't have something to prove. Tell me UCLA doesn't have October 8th scheduled on their their calendar when the Pac-12 champion, you know, Utah Utes, come to the Rose Bowl. Yeah, they got that circled on the calendar. Then you come home October 15th for USC before your bye week, and then you are... You are at Washington State coming off of a bye. Then you are home for Arizona and Stanford at Oregon and at Colorado to end the season. You see what I mean? I mean, like, like yes, that is a difficult schedule, but at the same time, at the same time, you have, you have opportunity. I think that's an incredibly difficult schedule, and I think it's an incredibly important year. Uh, for the Pac-12. I think it's an incredibly important year for Utah. It truly is. Greg Hawkins, good morning to you, friend. He says, it would help Utah's case a lot uh, if they won another Pac-12 championship within the next two years. We can't grow our market substantially being out West, but we can make ourselves an attractive grab. I totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Wow. Wowzer. Look at Greasy Hands Auto Sean Butterfield with a forty nine ninety nine okay uh, super sticker. Okay. Wow. Okay. And I think you also said earlier, Sean. He said, uh, "Listen to Monty and Jake speak the truth while installing a lift on a Gladiator." Okay. Doesn't get better than that. As by as a BYU fan, I want Utah to land on their feet. Okay. Quick sidebar. Quick sidebar. Just because I really appreciate you. Do you like gladiators or or wranglers better? What's your what's your preference? And what shop do you work at? Yeah. What shop do you work at, Sean? Because we have a lot of of we have a lot of Jeep friends. We, yes. We we're building a Jeep. So where where do you work at? Let's uh, toss you some business, my friend. Um, already read that one. Compass says Minnesota. I don't know. I I, I have no, I don't know what that means. I ain't got Kurt no Byers idea. Kurt says morning, gentlemen. Uh, let's see. Reese Relentless says rise and shine, boys. Uh, Kurt Meyer says, yeah. Kurt Meyer says Dick Harmon really hurt Utah with his interview on Sports 365 podcast. BYU fans want Utah in the Big 12. I think they do. Yeah. I didn't see Dick Harmon on 365. So give me some details on that. Uh, Caleb says uh, announced on to the heat, Mont. Don't think that's happening. Um, you know. Let's see. Dennis Levy says, are you nervous to play BYU? Vegas predictions. He gives us a $1.99 uh, tip. Why would anybody be nervous to play BYU? No, I, th- I think if you're, you know, it, yeah, if you're anybody playing BYU, you're excited about that game. I yeah. think that, 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 you know, once again, and I know I, I, I feel like this is very repetitive in college football, but again, the TV contract with BYU makes the game exciting, whether they suck or they're really good. Like that's the exciting portion of it that you know that a million people are going to watch the game. Like, that's exciting for college football yes. players. And I think that, that to me, yeah, whether you win or lose the game, obviously that does matter. But in this part of the conversation, I don't even think it matters. I think that, you know, kids are excited to to fly all the way from the Midwest to Las Vegas to, to play in Allegiant Stadium. Like, I don't think, if, like, if you were an athlete, would you be excited about that? Because I would. I'd be really excited about that. Now, 
if I'm at Notre Dame and I get to play in that in that stadium, you know, several times a year, and then I get to go to Allegiant, that's a hell of a year, man. That is absolutely a hell of a year. And I think that, you know, Notre Dame has obviously every single year has a lot to prove being an independent and trying to be in the college football playoff every year. So that's why I say, you know, again, I know we have two two camps here, like the, the pro BYU and the anti BYU and and all I'm gonna say is they just make you money and for that reason alone, you like them. BYU's schedule. Who's got a t more difficult schedule, Utah or BYU? At USF, September 3rd. Baylor at home at Oregon. By the way, September 17th at Oregon will be at Barbecue Pit Stop in Lehigh uh, for a watch party. Everybody's welcome to come out. Um, we're going to announce the winner of our BYU uh, Las Vegas drive-away to see the Notre Dame game um, at uh, barbecue pit stop in Lehigh on, or excuse me, September 17th. Yes, yes, um, yes. That day at Oregon, September 24th, Wyoming, the 29th, Utah State. Uh, October 8th is that game at Notre Dame, uh, which is a home game for Notre Dame in Las Vegas. <sighs> yeah. Then you turn around for Arkansas, good Lord, at Liberty, East Carolina, at Boise State. Boise. You can't just say it normally. Boise. Boise State. Boise. Uh, November 12th open, Utah Tech. Dixie State. Uh, and at Stanford. Utah has a by far more difficult schedule. You think? Oh, yeah. Good oh, yeah. luck. Yeah. I don't know. That's a difficult schedule. For an independent? That's not. That's BYU's seen tougher. I, I, oh, well, I yeah, disagree. I agree that's, not, that. that's not a difficult schedule. I think that that's not a cakewalk, but that's certainly not even. I don't think that's in the same How realm. many teams have Oregon and Notre Dame on their schedule? And Arkansas? And, and, and. Yeah, like, but in prior years, and you've had week, like and LSU and you've had like. Sure, but your bye week is in November. That's a difficult schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm, okay. I, I think I disagree a little bit. I think, yes, you have good talent on that schedule, but that's a schedule that they should be at least eight, nine wins on that schedule. Uh, Jesse Harsh says, I agree. Utah is their own worst enemy for the most part. There are trap games, Washington State and Arizona State. Um, what, they are, what they have struggled with in the past. Yeah, well, I hate the Friday night road game, yeah. but that seems to be mitigated some. Um I don't. You just got to win. There's you. You, you got to run the table. You yeah. got to win the big games. Absolutely. You have to win the big games because, <clears throat> excuse me, those are the games that people are going to watch. You got to beat USC. Well, and with conference realignment, obviously that's un just another layer on top of the usuals. Yeah, you got to beat Florida. You got to beat USC. You got to beat Oregon. You, yeah, I mean, you got to beat Notre Dame. You, you, I mean, you got to win your your marquee games. They've got to. Frankly, they've got to beat San Diego State. Yeah. They've got to beat San Diego State. Utah is a better team than Florida. Um, you need to run the table. Those first, you need to but be 3-0. But do you see what I mean with their schedule? Like, you've got all these nameplates on your schedule. You know, you've got, you know, Florida. You've got, you know, just great teams on your schedule. And that's why I feel like Utah's schedule is just deeper and a little bit more talented. That's what I, you know, and, and I think, yeah, USC does have a hell of a lot to prove this year. You think... Dude, you think that Lincoln Riley doesn't have a lot to prove this year? You got another thing coming. Dude left Oklahoma to come to the Pac-12 and now go to the Big Ten. And you think that this guy isn't going to come out trying to just torch people? Yeah, I think he is. And I think that Lincoln Riley is really fully aware of the USC-Utah rivalry and, and what all that entails. And I think games like... And we did confirm it's USC at Utah, right? Yeah. This year. So, October I mean, go, going, going to Rice-Eccles uh, in October 
is is no joke. That's a that is a difficult place to play. It's going to be a little bit colder, uh, and that's a prove-it game in my opinion for SC. All I'll say is, you got to get to that SC game six and zero. Yeah, I mean, and you really should be able to. You're better than Florida in my opinion. Southern Utah, San Diego State's the the tough game. I mean, they are. I mean, they 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 are not going to be easy. To me, I as think, you found out last year. To me, the way I think this works is after Florida. Let's see where you're at injury wise. That's that's a good that's a good team. You're better than them, but that's a good team. Let's see where you're at injury wise. Number one. Yeah. Then then you should be able to take care of what, what was it week two? Southern Utah. Yeah, you'll take care of San them. Diego State. You should beat San Diego State. Arizona State. You should crush Arizona State. Yeah. Oregon State at Rice Eccles. You should win that game. You're better than UCLA. You should beat UCLA at the Rose Bowl. And then you come home October 15th before you buy to play USC. Yeah. And that's that's going to determine a lot of your path to the Rose Bowl. Yeah. I mean, it's going to determine that. I mean, that USC game is massive. The Florida game, I think, is massive. Um, the San Diego, I mean, all these games, you look, there's not a, there is not a consequential game of note that doesn't impact you in several different ways. I mean, you look at at that Florida game is going to be on national TV. Um, I look at the San Diego State. I mean, they're bucking for for potentially entry into your conference that you're in now. Like, I mean, it, you just look at all this stuff, and I, and I think it's one of those things where you just quickly realize that you have to I, I, you have to prove a point every single week. If yeah. you're Utah, you have to prove a point every week. There's yep. just it. There's yep. nothing else to talk about there. You know, like it. You just have to do it. Brad Smith, Buckeye fan here, uh, was thoroughly impressed with Utah. Great athletes, just a tough team. Could see Utah running the Big Twelve, and would love to see that BYU game highlighted more. Yes. Regardless, if they jump, you need it. Yeah, you need it. Another value proposition for for Utah joining yeah. the Big Twelve. Uh, Greg Hawkins says last year we almost didn't get past Washington State. That game was terrible. One of the worst games of the year. And that's what I mean. Like when you just one look of the at worst it on games paper, of the year. When you look at it on paper, you're like, all right, yeah, they should handle this team or that team. But but what is what is the injury front look like? What what kind of football are you playing in week four or five? You know that and and that I think is really important. Like last year with all the adversity. You had to fight through that. It was very much a week-to-week, how-does-the-team-feel type thing. And so I hope this year things are a lot smoother. I hope this year yeah. we see more consistency. You certainly would hope so. I mean, you you really – you would certainly hope so. Um, I You know what? I, I just look at the Pac-12, and I think there is – I just think there there there's no staying in the Pac-12. No. Utah deserves better, frankly. I mean, Utah deserves better. If you look at – if you look at conference realignment, and somebody was mentioning, I think it was Spencer Morgan. Where is Spencer Morgan's comment about Rutgers? Um, like you look at Rutgers, what is Rutgers doing in the Big Ten? <laughs> That's market size. That's all that is. That's footprint in a certain part of the country. I, Utah deserves better. I think their top of the mountain is the is the Big Twelve. I don't see any way the Big Ten adds adds Utah. Yeah. I, I what sense does that make? Ask yourself that question. What sense does that make? Kanai Johnson says, uh, what's better, going back to the Mountain West or going into independence if they don't get to the Big 12 or Big 10? Utah is not going into independence. It, it is, in my opinion, what I think will happen is Utah will get to the Big 12. 
because I don't see a way that teams are going to stay in the in the in the Pac-12. What is the what is the best potential outcome if you stay in the Pac-12? 35 40 million dollars a year per school? Maybe. You hope if you're being generous. Right? And that's only if you add San Diego State, um which you would only probably do because you need Southern California, yeah. which is why they're so desperate to keep UCLA in the conference because it gives you Los Angeles. If you can if you can offset the loss of USC, your premier program in the conference, by keeping UCLA and adding San Diego State, that makes a hell of a lot more sense, right? But that still doesn't get you to what most people think of the Big 12 is going to be 60 to $75 million per school per season. That doesn't get you anywhere near that. Yeah. And frankly, if USC is not in the conference and UCLA is not in the conference, I, I just don't think there's even a, a chance that you can survive. Yeah. If you keep UCLA and you add San Diego State, I think you can maintain. I don't think you're adding money. I don't think you're getting a substantial TV deal. Who's going to pay you for that? And by the way, what is even the term of that? What is the grant of rights? How long is that? If if you're a Pac-12 president today and and Klyovkov comes to you with a 10-year deal, are you signing a 10-year <laughs> grant of rights? Hell no. You're that's suicide. Hell that no. is financial suicide. Because what what reason that. have they given you? What 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 would be the because it's not like like as an example, in the Big Ten, let's even say. In the Big Ten, you know there are certain things and certain things that you're gonna get. You know that you're gonna get revenue. You know that you're gonna get, you know, all these things that come with the Big Ten. In the Pac twelve, you don't get those things. You don't get, you know, the 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 distribution deal. You don't get seventy five million dollars a year in 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 school revenue. You don't get you don't get all these things, you know? And most importantly, if if I'm one of these power five football programs, what I'm saying is, hey, the most important thing once we get a deal signed is our path to the college football playoff because I guarantee you this, Utah does not want to go backwards. Utah does not want to all of a sudden, you know, go to the Big 12 and then not have a path to the college football playoff. That they're not they're not interested in that. So that's why I say like their their only option is is the Big 12 like staying in the Pac-12 with all due respect to George and his buddies and the Stanford AD sitting up there on that podium taking questions like with all due respect you you're 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 painting the conference in in rose-colored glasses but bro. isn't but isn't this the conversation look at Stanford Stanford's a great example of this Stanford for those of you who don't know Stanford is a small school Stanford has a small fan base Stanford has a small student body Stanford has a small football stadium Everybody wants Stanford, though. And why is that? Perception and brand. Stanford is one of the finest educational institutions in this country. Here's the deal. I'm the best there is. And so I go back to a school like Utah. Utah doesn't have half the brand that Stanford has. Is Stanford a, a more difficult educational institution? By some standards, it is. But are you trying to sell me on the fact that Utah can't compete educationally? I think they can with any school in the country. Any school in the country. Are you trying to sell me that Utah can't compete with Stanford athletically? Well, I'm going to tell you you're completely wrong. Utah, you know the biggest issue for Utah right now? The basketball program has been crap for a decade. Yeah. It, it's not been good. But if you want to sell me on badminton championships, if you want to sell me on secondary sports, women's sports, 
uh, you know, non-Olympic sports, whatever you want to point to, Utah can compete on any level with Stanford, but Stanford will be a more attractive ad to any conference than Utah simply on brand alone, brand power mm. and marketing alone. And that's why I think if you're the athletic director at Stanford versus the athletic director at Utah, your job is exponentially more difficult at Utah because you just don't have it, it, the, your predecessor, Dr. Chris Hill, I think was not very good at his job. And when you look at the hesitation to invest money in Kyle Whittingham, you look at the hesitation to invest money in facilities, yeah. you look at the student body and alumni raising money to paint a warehouse roof, like that's cool and all. It should have never come to that. Yeah. How long did we wait for the 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 locker rooms, which were decrepit at one point? How long did we wait for ribbon boards and scoreboards? It, like you just operated like you were Rutgers when you're not Rutgers, you're flipping Utah. Like it's so frustrating to me. And again, I'm probably more passionate about it than most people because I live here. The Utah Utes do not get the, the, the respect that they deserve on any level. Nobody has any idea the quality of human being that Kyle Whittingham is. Okay, nobody cares. Throw it out. Who cares? Okay, nobody has any idea the quality of football coach that Kyle Whittingham is. Right. Nobody has any idea the quality of education, the quality of facilities, the quality of lifestyle that you get as a college student at the University of Utah. Nobody has any idea about that. All people want to talk about is, ah, nobody watches Utah. They're in the mountains. They're, they're the, the Mormons in Salt Lake City. That's all you hear yes, about. Yes, it is. Yet, what do you what do you know about Stanford? Does it, can you really sell me that flipping Cal is a better uh you know a better ad to any conference than Utah is? Well, obviously not. Utah is not in Berkeley, San Francisco, Bay Area. That's the biggest issue. To me, Utah is a better ad athletically, academically, quality of life. You just don't have the the regionality that that Cal and Stanford have. Because they're in the Bay Area. I would still take Utah. And I've covered all three. I would take Utah three times before I would ever even talk to, answer the phone. If it says Cal Athletic Director on the caller ID, I'm not taking the call. I'm oh, trying to get what a loser. I'm trying to get Harlan on the phone at Utah. Hey, tell them I'll never call them back. <laughs> right? Like that's how passionately I believe that Utah's a better ad. But I think Utah will have to wait its place in line. And I think, unfortunately, that's going to damage your financial ability. If Utah gets into the Big 12, they're going to take less money for a long time. Yeah. They are not going to be a full share partner. They won't be. But, they, why would, if you're the Big 12. But everybody gets so hung up on this. Everyone gets so hung well, up on this. They it's should, the though. price you pay. It's the price you pay for switching conferences. Yes, it is a hefty price. However, however, you have a path to the college football playoff. You have long-term stability. You have exciting stuff inside the program, so your boosters are going to be more involved. The fan base is going to be more involved. You're going to sell out Rice Eccles more. Like Things are going to be happening. Now, that doesn't replace the money that you won't get on a, on a lesser share. Totally agree. Totally get it. But but the, the alternative is having yourself involved in a dying Pac-10 conference at this point, if you will, uh, you know, looking, and I'm not even joking, looking at options like the Mountain West, which is not an option for Utah, like, 
what other choice do you have? So let's stop let's stop complaining about less revenue and let's start looking at, hey, what are the opportunities we have to build the brand? But I also think in the long run, there is no long run. That's that's the problem here. Like it, it is, I think when we're talking about is is Kanai Johnson was saying, like, is the Mountain West a realistic destination for Utah? No, it's not. No, hell no. No, it's not. No. And I, the thing that I struggle with is Mark Harlan's got a, a, a huge hole to climb out of because the prior regime did not do a good job. And I know I took a lot of heat when I was on 1320K fan for saying that and criticizing Utah athletics. They did not do a good job. And I think Mark Harlan actually has his head and his heart in the right place and is diligently working to do a better job for long-term prosperity. Yeah. But in college athletics, there is no long-term prosperity right now. So you have to act, in, in in my opinion, you have to look at this in five-year windows. Your best bet over the next five years is to get the hell out of the Pac-12. Yes, it is. That's the bottom line. Because even if the Pac-12 survives, you can't tell me you're going to have streaming deals. You can't tell me you're going to have TV deals. You cannot tell me that you're going to have the, the exposure for your secondary programs. Basketball, perfect example. Do you want to play Kansas twice a year or do you want to play Arizona State twice a year in basketball? Nobody knows that Arizona State has a basketball program. Nobody, nobody cares about Cal basketball. Nobody cares about Oregon State, Washington State basketball. Bro, the biggest thing for Arizona State basketball in the last five years was Remy Martin transferring. And I'm, where did, I'm where did fired he up about Where did this, he transfer dude. to? I'm pretty sure, and I can verify. I want to say Kansas. I'm pretty sure he transferred to Kansas. This ain't even a conversation. If you are Utah, there's every reason to go to the to the Big Twelve. And every he reason. Will every single time. Greg Hawkins says Mark Harlan seems much more committed to getting Utah athletics to a high level. Chris Hill did some good things though. At least he made uh, the McBride, Urban Wit, Majerus hires. Well, but did he? Did how do, how do I phrase this? Did Chris Hill, or excuse me, did Doctor Chris Hill? Prick. Did he support? I am no Chris Hill fan Listen, at all. We please. had Chris Hill and I had had one conversation, and I swore to myself after that conversation I would never speak to him again, and I didn't. And I am I am just not a Chris look, Hill fan. It, but look, look, hiring people and hiring names to to Greg's point, yeah, sure, those are nice moves, but but respectfully. We're way above that right now in this conversation. But Hire, no, we're not, though, uh, with all due respect. Uh, what did he do to support Kyle Whittingham? Nothing. What did it, but, and if you look at it, what did he do after Rick Majerus to support the basketball program? What did you do facilities wise to help those guys recruit? What did you do training table wise? What did you do equipment wise? What did you do ribbon board wise? You didn't do anything. You were taking money out, not putting money in. And that, to me, is why Utah is where they are. It should have, and I'll give Kyle Gunther all the credit in the world for this. It should not have taken that long to get Utah even to the mid-pack of, of the Pac-12. And Gunther used to say that all the time. It, this, that, that program should have grown more quickly. And all the talk about Kyle Whittingham, and I was in this boat as well, about firing Kyle Whittingham midway through was a huge mistake. But why did we have those conversations? Because Chris Hill did his best to damage that program by not doing his best to improve it. That's the bottom line. All right, I feel better now. Good. Zachary Thornton says, uh, eat donuts. Oh, look, BYU 4-1 and one against Texas. I don't know what you mean. 
What am I missing? Um, Scott Manfield says, 6A can't work. Lone Peak basketball would embarrass the Utes. Stop. Oh, okay, here we go. Uh, and Donut says, oh, look, Boise State is 8-4 and four versus BYU since 2004. What's, what's the point of that? Who cares? Yeah, who cares? Spencer Morgan says, definitely not uh, preferable to the Big 12, but with the wider playoff field we see in basketball teams like Gonzaga having been able to build elite programs from a nothing conference. So are you saying the Big 12 is a nothing conference? I don't understand that take at all. Maybe I just misread that. Um, let's see. Eric and Raleigh says, Pac-1 AA. Any school that stays in the Pac-12 is now a mid-major at best. I don't disagree with that at all. I don't. Uh, Spencer also says, I think once the playoffs expand, there will be an argument to be made for being in a conference like the Mountain West and just owning it every year. That could absolutely be. That could. That's very well said. That could absolutely be. You know, like I think it is... That's a, very, that's a very interesting take. Josh Levern says, does Kansas basketball want to play Utah? Well, that's, you shouldn't ask questions you don't want the answer to. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Sean Mirzinski says, Utah is better than Cal and Stanford combined. I don't know about that. Lord Raiden says, your head is really going to explode when Cal and Stanford get invited to the Big Ten, isn't it? Could be. I, th I think the Big Ten, who wants to win? I mean, that's really what this is going to come down to. Who wants to win? If the Big 12 really wants to win, Brett Yorkman, you're on the job, dude, and the clock is ticking. Because this is the same mistake the Pac-10 made a year ago. When Carol Faust at USC killed expansion because I think she knew she was leaving, if you are the Big 12, you cannot sit here and just wait. You cannot spin. My hope is, is that you have agreements in place and we're just, we don't know about it. That's my hope yeah. because I don't think there's any doubt. And I know that Utah fans and Pac-12 fans will disagree with me. The Pac-12 is shit. It's been shit. It's always going to be shit. It's not going to be a big power conference. Come on, if, man. If you are Utah, Colorado, the Arizona schools, San Diego State, and SMU, and you add that to the Big 12, the Big 12 is a power conference. You have Southern California. You own Texas for the most part. You can recruit that entire state now. And I know SMU, that little school, well, they're a great institution that makes fabulous lawyers and they give you the entire Dallas TV market. And yes, please, yes, yes. please don't roll up into the crib and say, oh, well, you've got Fort Worth. Dallas and Fort Worth are two different markets. They're different markets. And SMU is valuable. And San Diego State is valuable. So before we start looking down our nose, you know, and everybody down there, maybe if you're in the Pac-12, you look up because I just don't think the Pac-12 has any way to be like highfalutin, we, us, you know, they, you need help. If you're the Pac-12, you need help just to survive. You need help. K-Do says, Kansas fan here, who couldn't get jacked up for a KU-Arizona matchup? Um, I think that would be unbelievable. Yeah. That would be, can you imagine? Like, and that's why you need, if you're the Big 12, you need Arizona. Yeah, you need to add these schools. Arizona makes perfect sense for the Big 12. Adding that basketball tradition, sweaty Sean Miller aside, adding that basketball tradition to your, your conference makes all the sense in the world. All the sense in the world. Uh, he also says, uh, K-Do says, come on over, CU, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State. 
Totally agree. Uh, Steve Peterson says, would they actually expand the playoffs to where they would allow a G5 school in? I don't believe they would expand to G5. They just expand to allow more P5s to keep the money in P5s. Well, I mean, I, I just, I don't know, man. Like, look at Boise. Boise's interesting. Boise's tiny. Boise is tiny. Does the Big 12 have any interest in Boise State? I don't think they do. No. I really don't. I think if you're Boise State, you have to hope it's not a seizure. I just can't. Right. You just don't want to say say it it the right way. If you're Boise State, I just think you have to hope that you get into the big, the the Pac-12. Because I I think you're, you're a small school, period. And I think that's the way you're viewed. And I think you had your shot. And I think it didn't take you anywhere. And I think that's why Chris Peterson wound up in in Seattle at Washington. I think that's why that happened. Boise State is a lovely market. It's way overinflated real estate-wise, but they have passionate fans, a great a great town to do business in. Yeah. I just don't think you ever wind up in a Power 5. Could be wrong. Could absolutely be wrong. Maybe I just don't know what I'm talking about. Um, Dale Donuts. Wow, Dale Donuts, where you been? Dale. Let's go. Uh, LOL, Monty taking dumps on the Pac-12 today. Well, not particularly. I, okay, thank you. Uh, I, I Loke man, L-O-C man says the Big Twelve does not want SMU. Okay, I think the I think big the Big Twelve wants to win. That's what the Big Twelve wants. Yep. And if you can have Lubbock and Houston and Fort Worth and Dallas, you're going to say no to that. God bless. I love this whole thing, where conferences that are teetering with one foot in the grave, because that's where you are, Big Twelve. Take a look around. If you're the Big 12, you've got one foot in the grave. By the way, just curious, what happens if you lose a school? What happens if, I don't know, the Pac-10 poaches Houston? What uh-huh. happens if the SEC or the Big 10 says, hey, um, you know, why don't you, you folks rocking them mullets in Stillwater come on over to Chicago or come on over to the SEC where we really play football? You're telling me that if the SEC comes calling for Okie State, they're saying no. I'm going to go ahead and say they're going to say yes. And then what happens to the Big 12? Just out of curiosity, how quickly does that death train roll into the grave? Yeah, I know what time it is. So it's awfully curious that Big 12 fans are like, oh, we, us, them, they. (laughs) What do you mean, they? You're no better than the Pac-12 right now. Are you one out of you, your goddamn mind? One of you, you guys are like a couple of snipe, snipers playing Call of Duty. Right. Right? Like each of you is looking for the glitch so you can walk above the map and pop the other guy with a headshot. <laughs> Sorry, right? But neither one of you can shoot for shit. Like you're just, you're missing. Right? Like I'm just waiting for somebody, the Pac-12 or the Big 12, to actually play big boy politics and win the whole thing. Right. Because that's what's going to happen. I wish people understood. In the Big 12, you're no better. You're not us and they. You're us as in the Big 12 and the Pac-12. Because you're not playing for, for, for anything of note. So you won the Pac-12 championship last year, and that got you what? That got you beat by Ohio State, who everybody thinks is a better program. By the way, by the way, again, you know, look at the year Baylor had last year. Right. It got you what? Look at, look, Oklahoma. Everybody thinks the Big 12 is Oklahoma and Texas. 
By the way, they're not in the Big 12 anymore. Right? Like you're, It's not us versus they. It's us versus us. Because you know those memes where it's me to me and it's Kermit looking at Kermit? Or, yeah, it's the hooded Kermit versus the regular Kermit. That's you in the Pac-12, Big 12. That's you guys looking at each other. <laughs> it drives me crazy. Like, who do you think you are? Like, do you do you know who you do you do you know who you are? Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? If you're the Big Twelve, you're adding BYU. You're adding Cincinnati. You're adding Houston. You're adding the state of Florida to the conference, right? And you're just chilling. Oh, Brett Yorkman starts on August 1st. We're going, we're coming to mess this up, yo. Don't you know who I am? Well, guess what? It's August 2nd, and what did you do? You still haven't done anything. The Big 12 needs to act. Yeah. The Pac-12 is dead. Kill them. Like, they're laying there. They're literally waiting for somebody to run up and hit them with a stem pen. A stem pen. Isn't that what the cool kids call it? Where's in, the Italian? Where you drop in with the parachutes and stuff? Yeah. I can't remember the name of that game ever. Call of Duty Warzone? Warzone. Yeah. Or whatever the other one was that we used to play all the time. What's the, the other game where you try? Oh, Fortnite. Fortnite. Thank you. <laughs> I'm a terrible person. Anyway, Fortnite. Like we're all in, we're, you're, like the Pac-12 is just got shot in Fortnite and he's waiting for somebody to come save him. And as you can see, there's not much hope for you left. What are you doing? <laughs> anyway, I'll stop. I've probably gone too far at this point. Uh, Greg Hawkins says, I hate USC. Yes, don't we all? Um, Logan Street says, like I said, not likely, but the only way the conferences stay long-term. What did, what, hello? Uh, Logan also said, waiting for the Pac-12 MGM partnership, given the commission's background. That could be. Yeah, but here's the thing. That could be. How long are we going to talk a bunch of junk about TV deals and partnerships and all these awesome things that are in progress? When do we actually like get something done? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, and, uh, and donuts. I don't. Why? why do we have so many donut references on the show? Now Be I want a donut. I'm fat. Uh, and donuts says losing Texas and Okie is much more of a hit than SC and UCLA fact. Well, I guess, but who's in a better position to survive the big 12 or the PAC 12. I'm serious. The PAC 12 doesn't have a foot in the grave. Their coffins in the grave. It's <coughs> shut. And people are like throwing shovels of dirt on it. Like you're dead. It doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter. You're the Pac-12's lone hope is keeping UCLA. Oof. Oof. That's rough. But I'm telling you, San Luis Technical Institute of Obispo ain't coming through that door. Yeah. Right. There's nobody. There's no other LA school to join to save you. UCLA leaves. You're dead. So if I'm the Big Twelve, I'm I'm stomping on your throat. Line of cane and B12. I just am. Full one, speed ahead. One round left says, Boise State. Boise. Exactly. Boise. Right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Lope Band says, SMU should be part of the Pac-12 last week. Pac-12 is not doing the right thing. They need to add teams now if they want to survive. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, you have to create. You have to create a conference that matters. You have to create. You have to create football games in a field that that people are attracted to. That's the thing, and and that's what I feel like. You know, the Pac-12 has had good football, but they haven't had a way to show people. And now you're losing two dominant brands, if you will, and and you still don't have a way to distribute your games. It's a, it's just, a, it's just, 
it's a recipe for disaster. Jeremy Bolton says, Boise State. Boise. I love that you guys are spelling it phonetically. Boise State. Academics is on par with Bishop Sycamore. No way. The like, for instance. <laughs> Bishop. Bishop but by Sycamore. The way, by the way. Yes. What did Bishop Sycamore do that the Pac-12 is not? One games. <laughs> Got on ESPN, bro. Got on ESPN for all their games, bro. I actually don't think Bishop Sycamore won games. No, they did. But didn't. they did get on ESPN. They did get on ESPN. That is very true. Brandon Whiteside says, you know what is super boring right now? Just talking about conference. I mean, so lame. Who gives a flying F what conference you're in? Okay. Next question. Let's move on. Uh, see, anyway. Uh, agree. I'm meaning the comment Utah going to the Mountain West and owning it every year and still going to the playoff. Well, there's something in that. I mean, if you are, that's not, I, I just can't not see that. I can't see that happening. No. Utah, Utah deserves better. You deserve what you've earned in this life, and Utah has earned a P5 dominant position. They should, they, they're a valuable brand. Come on, y'all. Like, they're, they are. Yeah. Uh, Cam Harrison says, now I want a donut. Favorite donut. Yeah, seriorly. Fa- in Maple the comments, bar. favorite donut. Maple do- bar. It's not even oh, close. Get out of here Maple with Maple bar. It's bar. not even close. Second second is going to be an old-fashioned, and third is a blueberry. Guy, do you realize the things that you say? Like, do you, you – I just of asked you what – This is inaccurate. I just asked you what your favorite donut was. Right. And, you, and you said – you quite literally said – M- maple bar. Yeah. Maple What's wrong bar. with a maple bar, bro? Maple bar. What is wrong with a maple bar? Here, listen to who else likes maple bars. Nobody. You're N- casual. N- n- nobody likes maple bar. Well, or at I, least nobody I, with I, balls. I may, be, I may be casual. I may not have any maple balls, bar. but I like maple bars. What do you Good want from me? Lord. All right, a couple more, then we got to get to... Uh, then we got to get to the uh, the NBA a little bit here. Dale Donuts again. Dale, please. Dale uh, says, Dale or Dale, Pam or Pan. Uh, so, some media moguls think there will be too many Chiefs in the kitchen with the SEC and the Big Ten. How long until money is not going to be enough? Oh, I think we're there already. No money is enough. No money is enough. I mean, listen, the SEC is Nick Nick Saban. Coach Saban. Right. Um, the SE, like, it's not, you know who that guy is? It's Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fisher's like, I wish I was Coach Saban. This is Coach Saban. Like, I mean, that's, in all seriousness, Mm -hmm. there's only one guy in the SEC. It's Coach Saban. This is Coach Saban. Right? I mean, that's it. Nick Saban and Alabama run the SEC. Yeah. Well, now Georgia's trying to have a say in that. Right? Okay, well, Kirby, guess what? Yeah, you won. So now you get to have a say in that. Right, Jimbo Fisher is that guy. Dan Mullen tried to be that guy. There's no, there, dude. It's there's it's Nick Saban in Alabama until it's not. Right. If I say to you, who's the best team in college football? Oh, Alabama. This is Coach Saban. Alabama. Roll side. Like so, there are the haves and there are the have-nots. And if you're Utah right now, you're a have-not. Get to the Big Twelve. Win the Big Twelve. Run the table. Be, a, be an ass kicker. Then you can have your conversation. Yeah. And then you got to go. Well, you got to start by beating Florida a month away. You got to You got to beat Florida. Uh, all right. Uh, talking with Raphael podcast. I like maple bars from Harmon's. Oh, God. S- stop. Don't. 
Raphael. Who's next? Raphael. Who's next? Get in line. Let's go. I want a maple bar train here. Let's go. No, they no, you don't. Uh, let's see. Uh, Colby says maple bars. How about cougar tails? Oh, the wrapped. Is that a podcast about BYU cougar tails? I was going to say, is that, um, um, what, what is that a reference to there? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> Zach Wilson, everybody. Um, cougar tails are amazing. They're like twisted, the chocolate and cake donut right. sugar thing. I like it. Lokeman says they still make maple bars. Yes, dude. He says they're good, though. Come on. Uh, Jim Yates says, I'd rather go independent than the Mountain West. Yes, yes. John Jackson says, maple bars, I think my grandparents like those. That's offensive, bro. Well, that's what I'm saying. Uh, Giggity says, Zach Wilson's all about those cougar tails. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, Josh Lover, maple bars with bacon on top. Oh. Yes. See, but that's like a, a bacon donut. Oh, so now you're okay with maple bars. Right, because it's not a maple bar. It's a bacon donut. At no, it's a maple bar with bacon on it. No, it's you a bacon donut. You have to say that you like maple bars it's, now. No. I, what do I like? I like pancakes with bacon and syrup. That's what that is. It's a pancake <laughs> with bacon and syrup. I know food. I'm fat. Uh, Robert oh. Lambert says, liking maple bars is at least a little bit pervy. Thank you. <laughs> Here, little Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy. You want to try my maple bar? Um, there's something wrong with you. Uh, <laughs> Bro, just because I like a donut. Yes, that's correct. Uh, Kurt Meyer says, West Virginia is the most disgruntled school from the Big 12, and they're crying to get out because they don't want to have teams in the conference in the East. Yeah, well, that was a cash grab. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and Donuts says, networks are doing a preemptiness. Uh Okay. Okay. Uh, Dale Donut says, I believe Cougar Tail is a maple bar. No, Cougar Tail is not a maple bar. Yeah, it is. Nope. <coughs> Stop it. Stop it. Um, Steve Peterson says, soaking Cougar Tails. <laughs> Take it easy. Take it easy. Kanai Johnson says, are we really having a donut I, I guess so, yeah. Kanai Johnson says, glazed donut cut in half with sausage patty. Oh. Oh. Friends egg and hash fried egg and hash brown ah. melted cheese and bacon. Don't kick it till you try it. Oh, Love it. Man. Love it. Giggity says uh cougar tails are diabetes sticks at BYU games. Yeah, pretty much. Diabetes sticks. Well, you can't eat the sugar. Like they, you just can't eat the sugar. Right. You can't. By the way, Logan needs Logan, Utah needs a Chipotle. And a jack in the box. How is there not a Chipotle in Logan? I, I like I don't know. Maybe we just missed it. I have no idea. They have more manure than they have Chipotle. Manure. Uh, and Donut says networks are doing preemptive strike. Streaming is coming. I hope so. I hope so. Uh, John Jackson says, I love food wars on the show. Yeah. Well, today is National Ice Cream Sandwich Day. It is. Ice Cream Sando. Ice Cream Sando. Um, today is also National Why Are You Victims as a Utah Jazz fan. Uh-oh. Um, I, which is interesting to me because... I think this conversation about Donovan Mitchell, I'm so burned out. I'm, well, he's leaving anyway. We should trade him. Um, can we, I mean, can we get, can we get Poughkeepsie on the phone? Like, why are Utah Jazz fans so convinced that Donovan Mitchell wants to leave Utah? <laughs> what is it? Like, where's the evidence? And I, I, I keep asking this question when we talk NBA and we talk Utah Jazz, like this Knicks trade, and where's the evidence that Donovan Mitchell wants out of Utah? 
Where's the evidence that Donovan Mitchell has ever demanded a trade? Where's the evidence that Donovan Mitchell has ever said, I want to leave Salt Lake City? Yeah. Where is that? Because we have talked to our jazz sources for months on this. And we have been told repeatedly, Donovan Mitchell has never communicated to the Jazz he'd like to be traded. Are we clear on that? Donovan Mitchell has never communicated to the Jazz that he doesn't want to be here. Yet Jazz fans are convinced he's demanded a trade. He wants to be a Nick, that he wants to leave Utah. And I don't understand this victimhood mentality. Now, if you're going to tell me you're scarred from Gordon Hayward, Gordon Hayward was a free agent. And Dennis Lindsay allowed him in restricted free agency to go out and kiss other women. And he fell in love. And ultimately, it was with a broken ankle in the Boston Celtics. I want more. But is that Gordon's fault or is that Dennis Lindsay's fault? And why do you boo Gordon Hayward every time he comes back to town? Because you play the victim card. Donovan Mitchell is not the same as Gordon Hayward. Yeah. And it drives me crazy that Jazz fans are convinced he wants to leave. Yeah, I just don't think he's given us any reason to think he wants to leave. And I and I think that this whole thing about about Don leaving and like like yesterday on Twitter there was this whole storm of tweets about how, you know, Don's playing at this Miami Pro Pro Am run and and the the fans are like Don to Miami, they're like chanting at him always at the free throw line and Don smiles and everyone's like, "Yeah, it's so terrible that that, you know, we we got to have a guy on our team that that wants to leave." And it's like because the guy smiled cuz people were chanting at him, he wants to leave. He never said he wanted to leave. He never said he hasn't asked for a trade. He hasn't done really anything that would suggest he's unhappy or asking to leave. And and that's why I think it's so fascinating. We had, you know, two weeks ago, the infamous, oh, I'm getting texts and Don's being traded and we're burning it to the ground and then nothing happened and Don still hasn't asked for a trade and he's still a Utah Jazz man. That's what we do in this town. That's what you do in the fan base. And it's it's incredible to me because, you know, one of the things I think these star players consider on some level, it's probably not the most important thing to them, or most certainly it's not. But I think something you consider is the fan base from the standpoint of, hey, how long was I here? How much do the fans value me? And do I feel welcomed here in Salt Lake? And that, I think, for Don is sort of a big deal in his situation because as we've talked about with all the things he's tried to do off the court, he hasn't exactly been like welcomed with open arms. In fact, he's been criticized and and really hated on. So I don't know, man. I just am going to keep maintaining. He hasn't asked for a trade. He's done nothing to suggest he wants to leave, yet we're all sitting here saying, oh, Don wants to leave. I just don't know how that works. I don't get that either. By the way, Giggity tweeted a picture of a cougar tail at us. And it is, in fact, a maple bar. It is, in fact, a maple bar. Just saying. You now, have to, you life, now have to admit that you like maple bars. I don't like maple well, bars. How does, that, how does that feel? I don't like maple Whatever. bars. I'm a man. I don't eat maple bars. Okay, fuck you. It is, it is what it is. Thanks, Tony Montana. Um, but I don't understand this victimhood out of jazz fans. Yeah. I also don't understand, and I want to talk about this before we get into comments. I don't understand what what jazz fans want to happen with Donovan Mitchell. And I would love to have this conversation. What do you want ultimately to happen with Donovan Mitchell? My guess is he ends up in training camp with the jazz. That's a guess. Mm -hmm. I think there's still a chance they make the Nick deal. I think he ends up in training camp with the jazz. I think one, he left on vacation yesterday with his family. 
So I doubt he gets traded in the next 10 days. But I'm curious what Jazz fans want to happen. Yeah. Do Jazz fans want Donovan Mitchell traded? I do not. I think he is one of those guys that you don't value until he turns into an MVP candidate with another team. Mm. But then you're going to resent him for turning into that MVP candidate. You will boo him for that. I think if you're a Jazz fan, you should be desperate to keep Donovan Mitchell in a Jazz uniform. If you're a Utah Jazz fan, that's where your mind should be. Yeah. Now, I can tell you that's not, or at least I don't think, that's where most Jazz fans will be. Yeah, I think most Jazz fans are just saying like, yeah, this guy wants to leave, so, you know, let's trade him. Like, I hear that sentiment all the time. I see it all the time on Twitter. We get it in the comments sometimes. Like, we see that all the time. And I'm just telling you, man, like, when you have, when, when, because Don will leave eventually. I mean, whether it's by trade or he'll go to another team in free agency or whatever, whatever the case may be. I mean, I think we can all agree it's a reasonable expectation that he's not going to play here his whole career. But my point just is, is when he does leave, whenever that is, whether that's this year or five years from now, when you're a bottom feeder team again, just remember the days of Don and remember what Don did for the organization because that's that is the contrast. This is crazy in the comments. It Are we still crazy. on donuts? Arlington Bear says Saratoga Springs Chipotle opened yesterday. I've never been. Might hit it up for lunch and need recommendations. If you've never been to a Chipotle, get a bowl. Get a bowl. Brown rice, black beans, chicken. If you're a, if you're a meat eater, chicken. Um, then you want to get some queso. Then on top of that, if you like the the you know fajita vegetables, get some veggies on top of the chipotle or on top of the cheese. Yeah, the queso. The queso. Thank you. Get the queso. Then get the fajita vegetables. Then get the pico, and that's it. I'm not doing the corn anymore. I'm no, stop. I'm not doing the corn <laughs> salsa anymore. But you can if you like. I also don't do guac or sour cream because oh, there's man. too many calories in it. Brown rice, black beans, chicken, queso, fajita vegetables, two scoops of pico, pound it. You know. You'll thank me later. Uh, Mike Maple says, uh, Dunkin' over Krispy Kreme. Uh, I miss those shops here. Agreed, okay. Dunkin' over Krispy Kreme, for sure. Um, okay. Round one, uh, round one says, mmm, this is a tasty maple bar. That's a reference yeah. to this is a tasty burger. Right. That's a reference to this is a tasty burger. I get it. And yeah. Royce Griffith says, no love for the apple fritter. Oh, please. Please. I love the apple fritter. I just don't get to eat them very often. Right. Uh, Dale Donut says, Donovan wants to leave. He's upset about Utahns not clearing snow off, their, off of their cares. Right. Okay. I don't think Don wants to leave but that's just me. A lot of Utahns had their hearts broken by dear John letters, so it's easier for them to blame the star. Wow. Yeah. Uh, talking with Raphael. Podcast of Utah Jazz fans treat Don like the way too hot girl. He's out of my league type of players and don't believe we have an elite player like him. You don't. Yeah, because you, you don't. You don't. <laughs> you don't. But I do agree that there's a stigma in Utah Jazz fandom that says, oh, he's too good for us. We'll but never win. I just win. don't understand that, man. Like, I don't. I don't be that guy. Trust me. Can I, Johnson? You ever notice that when a player leaves the Jazz, they never play at the same level as they did here in Utah? Why is that? Well, that could very well be. Gordon Hayward's never been the same. He's the best example of it. You know, Ennis Freedom Cantor guy. He was terrible from the beginning. What about Rudy Gobert? What happens Remains to Rudy to Gobert? Seen. That that I think it does remain to be seen. 
Uh, Teddy Wayman with a $5 tip this morning. Thank you, Teddy. He says, as a lifelong jazz fan, I appreciate Donovan more than any other jazz player ever. He's legit. I hope we don't trade him. Well, there you go. There you go. Um, man, you guys are crazy with the donut comments. Unbelievable. Uh, Robert Lambert says the casuals do. We don't want to trade Don. I don't think all jazz fans devalue Don. Um, or are dumb enough to think he wants to leave, but the loud minority definitely do. I would agree with that. Uh, Giggity says, don't be afraid to ask for extra beans and rice. Absolutely, you should. And when they skimp on the chicken, say, hey, can I get a little more chicken, please? And they'll give it to you. Even if they have to roll their eyes and sigh about doing it. Yeah. Uh, Colby says, Don is maybe two on a championship team. Trade him while his stock is high. Okay, I can get down with that conversation. So I, can, can I. I, can, I can at least get down with that. Yeah, so I wouldn't I. trade him, to be clear, but uh, I can at least ex- understand that. Lokeman says uh, that you should get a bowl at Chipotle. Agreed. Okay. Uh, Dale Donut says Donovan Mitchell will leave once Bacon goes missing on his maple bar. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Donovan Mitchell is a maple bar guy. I mean, there's no doubt about mm-hmm. it. Okay. This is a, a tasty, tasty maple bar. No, there's no such thing as a tasty maple bar. Yes, there is. No. Well, not if you have testicles. Hey, look at me. As men, we know better. Steve Peterson says, I love that he is at least trying to bring a different point of view to the state. It's irrelevant if you think his point of view is right or wrong. It's just trying to get people to understand. Well, yeah. yeah. And I think it's really important that we as Utahns embrace outside perspective. I think we can be insular a little bit in this state. And I think that we don't always like the exchange of of ideas. And I think it's really important to have an open exchange of ideas. Absolutely. I think that's, that's huge. Utah... Utah Jizz says. Well, well, okay. Utah Jizz says Reams Texas sized donuts. The real ones, no. Who the f is that guy? Okay. What kind of name is that? Uh, Greg Hawkins says um, Parker Murray made a comment about the schedule. Parker Murray said it's crazy that you can say Utah's schedule is much more difficult than BYU's. The only potentially scary games are Florida, Oregon, and USC. If you're worried about San Diego State, then P12. Uh, is weaker than they thought. San Diego State might, I don't know, be good. They're a good team, bro. They are. Greg Hawkins said, hey, Parker, it's because BYU is playing literally five G5 teams in an FCS. Yeah. Could be. Could be. I mean, you know. Anyway. Kanai Johnson says, the Jazz fans that want Don traded are the same fans that are okay with making the playoffs. Just making the playoffs. I agree with that. Yeah. By the way, I also want to get to this Knicks thing. <laughs> are are the Knicks in real trouble here? Because the NBA is investigating the Knicks for tampering <laughs> related to their signing of Jalen Brunson. But here's the thing. Yeah. Jalen Brunson's dad is a guy named Rick Brunson, who is an assistant coach for the New York Knicks. Does anybody know who Jalen Brunson's godfather is? Well, that'd be Leon Rose, the president of the New York Knicks. (laughs) Is he important at all? So the question is, we're all sitting around at Thanksgiving last year and you know, uh, you know, Leon won. He uh, was able to break the uh, wishbone and he won the wishbone and he said, uh, Jalen, my wish is that you would come to the Knicks. Tampering! You can't, you're sitting around having dinner talking about basketball. You and your son, you know, are sitting at a ball game or hanging out and, and you're talking about Hey, Dad, uh, congratulations on your new job with the Knicks. 
wouldn't it be great if you could coach me one day? Like that's tampering. How are you going to prove tampering? Yeah. How are you going to prove tampering here? Now I understand that Jalen Brunson signed with the Knicks like before, like, you know, when the clock is at exactly 12 midnight before it was like 12 midnight in one second, the ink was dry on the paper. Right. Okay. I totally get yeah. that. They got the jump. He canceled meetings. Totally understand it. But if you're Jalen Brunson, are you signing anywhere else? Nah. You're probably not. Nope. Your dad works for the team. Your godfather's the president of the team. You're probably going to go there. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand that. Right now, if Donovan Mitchell was a free agent, I could totally understand why he'd end up with the Knicks. He's from there. His dad works for the Nets. His former agent works there. Like, I get that. He's not a free agent. But are you telling me that the New York Knicks are going to be found guilty of tampering with Jalen Brunson of all people? I I just don't I just buy think this. I just I think, don't buy it. Yeah, I agree with you. But I think the the it, it's just funny that they're being investigated for it. It just feels very Nickish, if you will. It, you know, you know what it feels like. It feels procedural. Like we have to do this. Yeah, that's what it. Yeah, that's what. It, and this is that like CBA thing we talked about with Kevin Durant. Yeah. Can you really tell me if you're an owner of an NBA team that you think you should have control of the players? Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that the owners just are tired of being screwed over. They're tired yeah. of signing Kevin and Kyrie and all these huge names in LeBron and like all these huge names, only to have them leave. And I think this, it, what's so interesting to me is this is one of the things that I think LeBron has going for him. LeBron has never left early. LeBron has always fulfilled his commitment. He has always uh, uh, played out his contract years, um, you know, and that's that's just the guy he's been. But I think you look at a lot of these other players, Kevin Durant most notably, uh, and I'm a Kevin Durant guy, but most notably Kevin Durant, like he's someone who's guilty of leaving early. So that's why I say, like, can they really control players? Probably not. Can they ask for it? Can they try to get it done? Absolutely. And that's what I think they're going to do. So again... If you're a Jazz fan, looking at this Donovan Mitchell situation, how different would this situation be? How different would you feel if it wasn't even an option for Donovan Mitchell to ask out? If it wasn't a possibility that he could ask out or demand a trade? Would you feel a little more confident or would you be saying, well, we know he can't ask out, but we know he doesn't want to be here, so screw Donovan Mitchell, right? That's right. probably what we would be hearing. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I think it's really interesting, at least in my opinion, that this thing with player trying to control player movement, you have no control. You'll never have control. Yeah. You can put this in the CBA, and what good's it going to do you? You're going to put in situations like one of the things that I've heard proposed is that you would put in a two-year ban once a player signs a max contract. They can't change teams for two years. Why would the players agree to that? And B, what if you have a disgruntled player? And you're going to stick with that player for two years? Like, this doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, I think what what they're saying is that they want to be the one to make the choice whether they should trade the guy or not, not the other way around where the player's just forcing the trade. But this is a player's league. Yeah. This is a player's league. And how much control does Kevin Durant have of his situation right now? Not very much. None. Kevin Durant doesn't have any control of his I mean, situation. he's faced with a kind of a difficult situation, if we're being honest. Like, go back and not get traded before the season starts and just play basketball. Why? The thing I don't understand is why do players control the league? Well, they control the league because they're the asset. Yeah, they're the product. The owner is the liability. I, I don't think that many people understand that. The owner is the liability in the NBA. The player is the asset. Does it always work out? No, it doesn't. Players have busted routinely. Yeah. But if you're Kevin Durant, 
is Joe Sy or Kevin Durant the asset? Well, I guarantee you Kevin Durant's the asset. Nobody's shown up to watch Joe Sy play basketball. <laughs> Nobody's shown up to watch Joe Sy count his billions. Yeah. Kevin Durant's the asset. LeBron's the asset. Donovan's the asset. It's just that simple. And the problem is, I think, perception versus reality here. As usual. You have, yeah, as usual, you have billionaire owners who think they're the most important cog in the wheel. And I got news for you. You're not the most important cog in the wheel. You're not. Jimmy Dolan, you're the reason the Knicks haven't won. Jerry Jones, you're the reason the Cowboys haven't won. <laughs> the McCaskey family, you're the reason the Bears haven't won. I, I, I mean, it's endless. It is endless. And it's a Chicago sports fan. Trust me when I say Jerry Reinsdorf is the reason the Chicago Bulls haven't won. The Ricketts family, those turds in a toilet, are the reason the Cubs haven't won. Yeah. It's not because of Wilson Contreras. It's not because of Dak Prescott. Right? It, it, it just, it's not. The players are the asset. The owners are usually the liability. And I think owners have a tough time coming around to that. Yeah. And, so, I, and I think it's funny, too, like, this concept, I feel like, applies to the Pac-12 conversation we were having, you know? Yes. George Klyovkov thinks that, that the Pac-12 is just some ridiculously valuable conference and thinks that it's sliced but bread. But what else would he say? Well, I agree. What else would he say? Totally agree with that. But, but there is a fine line that you can play. Like, I think it's totally acceptable for him to say something like, yeah, you know, there are things that we have to work on. We got to get better in these areas if we plan on surviving. But he didn't say that. Instead, what he said was, "Oh yeah, we're in we're in great shape. We are we are moving forward and pressing ahead, even though we're probably not going to be here in five seasons." Like, yeah, you know, and th and that's what I feel like sometimes owners in the NBA kind of want. They want this dynamic where everything can always be positive and they can be in control and it's their league. And and it's like, no, dude, it's not your league. You have the money. You bought a team. But Ryan Smith doesn't control how Donovan Mitchell shoots a basketball or how he chooses to get into it with the officials, right? Ryan Smith doesn't control the actual product you see on the court. So I don't I just think that these guys with money, man, they they want they have power and they want that power to go too far sometimes. They want to overextend. Yeah, I totally agree. By the way, don't forget we're sending uh Two listeners, well, one listener and a plus one, because only one listener is going to win. We're sending a listener and a plus one to Las Vegas uh, to win um, all, well, to see, okay, hi. Hey, uh, just um, want to remind you not to forget about our BYU driveway to see BYU <laughs> and Notre Dame at the Shamrock Series in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. It is a beautiful stadium if you have not been, and you're going to win a pair of tickets to the game. Two nights at the Palms Resort and Casino, as well as a $250 gas card to get you there. All courtesy of the Monty Show and our good friend, Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage. I tell you this every day. You have got to support our local businesses. Support the show by supporting our advertisers and ad partners that support this show. And Devery Davis is our first ad partner on this show. Devery Davis is the best mortgage guy in Utah. I guarantee that. He's written three mortgages for me. He has guided me through a very difficult real estate process. And that's why I trust Devery Davis with my mortgage, and you can too. Call Devery Davis today. 801-543-9666. 801-543-9666. And the thing with Devery is you get personal service, right? So you're not going to be a number in a large pool. You flip on the radio and you hear all these people talking about all these mortgage places. Yeah. 
it's different with Devery Davis. Devery is a guy who you can text directly. You can call him. You can always talk to him. He answers his phone. He calls you back. He texts you back. When you're trying to buy a house in a competitive market like we have here in Utah, you need somebody that you can text and say, hey, I'm sitting in front of this house. You know, tell me the situation on this property. And Devery's going to look it up and he's going to call you and he's going to say XYZ123. Yeah, hey, here's what I think about it. Hey, here's, is it HOA? Is it uh, FHA? Can you get a, a 30 year? Can you do conventional? Is it eligible for a jumbo FHA? Like all of these different questions in the mortgage game that you need answers to quickly, Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage can get you those answers and put you in the best outcome when you are buying a house because ultimately that's what you need. It is the single largest purchase of your life. Don't trust your mortgage and your financial future and well-being of your family to just anybody. Call Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage. 801-543-9666. NMLS number 278545. Devery Davis and Academy Mortgage are equal housing lenders, and they bring you the BYU Notre Dame Shamrock Series driveway. Now, here's how you enter. Go to any barbecue pit stop in the Valley. What does that mean? Logan, Lehigh, Layton, Salt Lake, and St. George. Go to any of those barbecue pit stops. Right on the counter, there is an enter to win box. Fill out the slip, drop it in the box, and then come and join us September 17th at Barbecue Pit Stop in Lehigh to watch Notre Dame, or excuse me, to watch BYU and Oregon. We're going to have a watch party. We'll have wings. We'll have pizza. We'll have smokers there. And then at halftime of the game between Oregon and BYU, yes. we are going to draw the winner of the trip for two to Las Vegas to see BYU and Notre Dame in the Shamrock Series at Allegiant Stadium. Thanks to our friends at Barbecue Pit Stop. So go to any Barbecue Pit Stop in the Valley, fill out the slip, drop it in the box, and then join us at the Barbecue Pit Stop in Lehigh on September 17th to watch BYU in Oregon, and we'll draw the winner there. Bots. Oh, the bots are back? Oh, man. Bots see, are back, bro. Yesterday, a couple of people said, hey, man, you're doing it right. If you're getting bots, you're doing is it Is that right. actually true, though? Is that true? If you're getting bots, that, that's a good sign, like, as far as, like, notoriety and stuff? I guess. I guess. It does mean generally bots, you know, target channels. How burned out are you? Just really quick before we get to a couple other things here. How burned out are you on the the bot thing in, in, in general. Cause like, I feel like on Instagram, Ugh. you get a lot of like, yeah, like random DMS from like these bots and like, yes. you know, you'll, you'll just get like random stuff. I feel like it's everywhere lately. I I'm burned out on it. I am. And I, I think one of the things I find so interesting is that this AI technology, when you're talking about, Hey, you know, I need a blue rubber ducky. All of a sudden, ads for blue rubber duckies show up in every one of your I'm social sorry, feeds. Offended by that. It drives me crazy. Yeah, it really does. It drives me crazy. Uh, Austin uh, Napierski says these bots. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Gene Stream Gamer says 220 viewers. Please hit that thumbs up. Not so hard to do people. Yes, please give us a thumbs up. It really does help the channel grow. Uh, Robert Lambert says another question. Are they going to rename Cougar Tales Wilson's favorite treat? Probably. <laughs> Probably. Uh, Boyd Lake. Good morning, Boyd. Good to see you. He says, so do we think BYU defense will be improved this year? It better be. I mean, the back end of the defense, is, the back end of the defense has to be better. Yeah. I mean, it just, it has to be better. Yeah. I mean, the decision making, the decision making is what I see as the biggest area of need. I mean, you can't, you can't have your, your safety assignments just being blown 
because they just didn't know where where they were going or they misread the scheme or whatever. You know, like you, you can't have that. I think that defensively that was the biggest problem. Like I thought BYU did a, a pretty good job up front on the line. I thought linebacker play was good, but that's the safety side of the defense just was rough. I mean, there were times where you're playing single high coverage and your guy just goes the wrong way. How does that happen? You know, that's what I think is is ultimately going to be, you know, the biggest area of improvement. Because if you can, it, like in football, most of the time, if you can just be in the right spot, you give yourself an opportunity to make a play on the ball, especially as a safety. You know, if you can just well, be in the vicinity. And you're returning seven of your eight top tacklers. And I, I think no matter what name you want to use here, you've got to stay healthy. That was the biggest Seriously. issue on defense yeah. is you had so many guys out. Um, Chaz Ayu, like, I mean, you have to stay healthy, it, especially up front. I mean, and, and again, I, I, I think the secondary is your biggest area of growth. Yeah. Um, and I think this team also should be much better at tackling. I mean, I think your linebacker play is always going to be good under Kalani Sataki. I think your D line is always going to be good. The question will be the secondary. Can they cover better? Will they tackle better? Will they make better plays? And I think if they do that, yeah, I think you're going to see that this defense will be better. But I, I still maintain that Harris Lachance and that unit up front has to stay healthy. Yeah. Uh, because you cannot have Jared Hall getting hurt. It, it just is not. When you look at BYU and you look at some of the big boy football you're going to play coming out of the gate, if you, if you get to October 8th against BYU and Notre Dame and you're not healthy – and you cannot compete up front, you're going to get your doors blown off against against Notre Dame. Well, and I think for guys like Harris Lachance, I mean, coming off of what happened last year and all the, the injury he had to deal with, like I think that this, again, is a, a really important year. And I think that, that, again, as we talked about earlier in the show, this is also a hugely important year for BYU in the big picture with, with the Big 12 coming and all of that. So, yeah, I think injuries... Yeah, injuries are paramount. Well, and I also think you're too talented to... to continue to give away reps to injury. I mean, you, you just, when you have the number of injuries that BYU has had, there's something in your strength and conditioning program that is not right. Yeah. So you, you've really got to, you've got to get that right because you're so talented. You're too deep, three deep at every position, but that goes away very quickly when, when your number ones are missing too many reps. Yes. And it, it just, it just cannot continue to happen. And we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Let's see. Um, giggity. Says, I love getting these gorgeous women wanting to be my friend and meeting up later tonight, right? <laughs> exactly right. Uh, Sean Benitez uh, says, Devil's going to be real weak this year. My heart hurts, but hopefully they leave the Pac-12 and end up in the Big 12. What are the chances of that happening? Sean's a big ASU fan. Forks down, bro! Oh, forks um, down. I think Herm has been a huge failure at Arizona State. And you've just lost so much talent. Yeah. Right? On both the coaching staff. I mean, you're you're not too deep at every position in Arizona State right now. Well, and I think the bigger problem is is your reputation's a bit tarnished right now. You know, the program just is not in a great spot. And yeah. and, you know, for for all my ASU people who complained about, you know, uh Todd Graham and everything that he did there, like I, I the program arguably was more consistent in those times than they are now uh, better or worse i think that's opinion but definitely more consistent definitely better generating revenue through boosters and everything like that so i don't know i think yeah to answer your question do they get to the big 12 yeah there's a good chance they get to the big 12 but 
But we'll see. Uh, again, I think the value proposition conversation does not bode well for ASU. No, I totally agree. Sean also says Pac-12 is so arrogant they can't see the league is dead without USC and UCLA. Get out now. Yeah. Well, and that's why we go back. If you're just tuning into the show this morning, we were talking about the importance of UCLA to the Pac-12 survival and that they're Hail Mary here if you see Hail Marys of football. See, see what he did there? That's a football so, reference, a, but they need a Hail Mary business speaking to yeah. survive, and, and, and it all kind of works together. So the words are copulating. Copulating, right. Uh, anyway, the point is, if, right. if UCLA stays in the conference, you have a chance at survival. But if you're UCLA, you've already signed a $100 million ticket. Yeah. Why would you pull back on that? Um, you know, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California aside, who, who was not happy with that move, but whatever, it is what it is. I don't, I don't see why you would stay. And I agree, Sean. I think you have to get out uh, as soon as you can can get out. You yeah, know, and I, and I just, I think. Listen, I think that ASU and really Pac-12 teams are are on this like thin tightrope right now, where you. It really depends on where you're at from a reputation uh, standpoint in the Pac-12. So, like for Utah, who's coming off the Rose Bowl appearance and you know Pac-12 championship. Well, you're obviously in a great place. You have a lot of leverage. You have the ability to say, hey, we can win football games. Okay, cool. That's fine. You can kind of see the path to the Big 12 there. But, you know, with all due respect to the Arizona schools, like in football, at least, you're not good. You're just not good. And I think for Arizona specifically, the saving grace is basketball. You can at least sell yourself from that standpoint. But for ASU... What 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 are you selling yourself on? Baseball? You have a good baseball program, no doubt about that. I don't think anyone denies that. But baseball is not the revenue generator that basketball and football are. That's the problem. That's right. Uh, Austin Napier- Napierski. It's I can't read. Says uh, first time tuning in live. By the way, listen every day for the last few weeks. Y'all the goat. Thanks, Thanks man. Austin. I appreciate, appreciate you that. being here, man. Really appreciate. How did that. you? Were you tuning in just out of curiosity? Were you tuning in on YouTube after the show, or were you uh, a podcast guy, yeah, audio where you, podcast? Where do you listen? That's interesting. Austin also says Big 12 is great, but they need to be careful and make some significant acquisitions. They're a team or two uh, uh, leaving away from being in the exact same position as the Pac-12. Correct the mundo. Exactly what I Agreed. said earlier. Agreed. Totally agree with you. Totally agree, man. Boyd Lake says uh, there's no more Baylor-Romney to bail out BYU if Hall goes down. Got to protect him. Yes. Well, and, yes. and again, I know, yes. I mean, that is true, but I also think that all jokes aside, you know, you have a guy in Conover who's capable. You know, you have, you know, everybody says that he's he's really good. He showed really well. Now, the difference between showing well in camp and actually, you know, going on the field and, you know, running the offense and executing and winning football games, that's obviously two different things. But um, I think we don't know what this kid can be until he gets a shot. And so, yeah, I, I would say Jaron definitely needs to stay healthy, but I'd love to see some Jacob Conover this year. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would love to see Jaron Hall and nobody else. Yeah. That's what I'd like to see. I mean, I, I think the world of Jaron Hall, I think he's very talented and he's very capable. And I think you just you just have to be you just have to protect him. There's nothing else to talk about. Uh Austin Nupirsky says he was a podcast guy. You were a podcast guy. Love that. Awesome, man. Appreciate it. Zayman says no design runs for Hall up the middle. He has to get to the sideline or it's gonna be a long year. Totally agree. Just throw totally dude, agree. throw it to the back, man. Throw yep. it to the back. Uh, Lokeman says, Arrogant is so true. Old Domino's game quotes, study long, study wrong. Don't outthink yourself, Pac-12 schools. Bail now. Yeah. Bail now. All right. Um, I don't know. You feel like talking to Sean Watson? You feel like, I, I just, I don't know. I feel like getting into that whole thing. Let's talk Tiger. 
Let's talk Tiger. All right, real quick. Tiger. Because then we got to get Mrs. Monty in here. She's on the clock. Yeah. Tiger Woods turned down $700 million. Now, now, now. You could, have, live golf. you could have turned down $700 million if you would have come out to our remote and gotten a lotto ticket last week. Yeah. So, you know, just we saying. We were at Max Muscle and we just gave saying. you billion-dollar tickets. Just saying. It's Tiger, like Jamoke in Illinois won, but I'm just saying. Tiger Woods turned down between seven and $800 million to be the face of Live Golf, according to Greg Norman. Bro, what are you talking about, man? How? A, he doesn't need the money. True. But B, I think he doesn't like that people get their heads cut off by the Saudis. I think that's probably a moral problem for the Saudis. Saudi stooge. But yet, all you have are guys like Phil Mickelson. Look, and I even understand Phil Mickelson. Well, like, I, I mean, I, I, I don't. Get it. I don't respect him. I can tell you that right now. But I, but I get it. He's broke allegedly. But he's never owned it. He's no, never. He he's never come out and said, "Hey, yeah, I had a gambling problem, or I have a gambling problem, and I needed the money." And that's why I did this. Much like Deshaun Watson never owned it. Um, True. <laughs> anyway, Tiger Tiger said no. I look at Dustin Johnson. I look at all these other a-holes that went to live golf. And yeah, I think that going to live golf and playing for the Saudis and taking their money makes you morally bankrupt. Saudi stooge. There's just no way around that. And, yeah. and Phil Mickelson and all these other guys dodging questions about 9-11 is morally reprehensible. Yeah. I, I, if you go there, you have to own that. You have to own the fact. You just have to say, yeah, you got to do what Dustin Johnson said. I'm here for the money because I don't love playing golf. I don't want to golf for the rest of my life. Dustin Johnson said, I'm here because I don't want to golf for the rest of my life. Brooks Kapka said, I don't love the game. Yeah. Which I'm totally fine with. Yeah, and look, I, I disagree with the decision, but I can respect you for at least owning it. But at the end of the day, they still cut people's heads off. Yeah, yeah. They still chop up bodies. Yeah. They still fly planes in the buildings. He's an assassin. That's who you're taking the money from. I, I This is amazing to me. It's how I. It's what I said about Charles Barkley last week. Yeah. How does TNT still employ him? Because Charles was willing to go and work for Live Golf. Yeah, and then he said he wasn't going to. If yeah. you're Kia who's a sponsor of the NBA on TNT, how do you still sponsor the NBA on TNT with Charles Barkley knowing that he was willing to do that? Because now there's no way to wash off that filth. Like you wanted to go work for Live Golf. Now the question is, and I'm sure many in the audience will have this opinion, am I making too much of this? Am I being out of the too Barkley judgmental? Thing? Out of the Barkley thing, out of all this other stuff. I mean, there is a clear line in the sand. Those who are willing to take the money and those who are not. Uh, see, I disagree. I think the line in the sand is those who take the money and those who don't. That's what I think well, the line I is. I mean, I, I think, I don't know, is that split? No, I don't. I think it's different. I think it's totally different. I think if you look at it, but then you say no, that's different than going and taking no, the money. Sorry. If you're Charles Barkley and, and you, and you, if, if you're Charles Barkley and you take that money and you are a guy that, what and how do I say this right? If you're Charles Barkley and you're like, I would take the money, but it's got to be enough money. So you have a price to chop people's heads off. You have a price to say you're okay with what they did to Jamal Khashoggi. You're okay with their links to 9-11. What is that number, Chuck? What? How much is that? Because that's what is that not what you're saying here? 
I, mean, I, 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 I think, think that's, that's what you're, you're saying. Sending. I I don't disagree with that, but I think. You know, for for you know, because the question was, hey, you know, if you're Kia, how would you not sponsor the show, or like, how do you continue to sponsor the show, knowing Charles was looking at this or like was considering this? Yes. And I think for 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 Kia, the, the tough thing is 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 he didn't end up taking the money, and I think people, especially in our society, we're really good at forgetting what guys almost did. You know, and 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 so for me, I just think Kia is like, yeah, he didn't take the money, he didn't he didn't execute on it, so we're good. You know, yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely could be. I mean, there's no doubt. Let's say good morning uh, to Mrs. Monty. I need to turn her mic up. Where are you at on uh, live golf in the Saudi Stooges? I- I'm actually with Jake on this one. He didn't take the money. Uh, I don't think that w- we have no idea what was going through his head or why he was looking at it. Um, I, I just think that he decided not to, and that's the right thing to do. I Wow. So you guys don't judge at all on the fact that he was willing. He was willing. Uh, Charles Barkley was willing to take money from no. the Saudis. You, you, so that's I not a thing. I was willing to get a hooker, but I didn't. <laughs> wow. You, like, I, you, see, I just I view just it differently. I don't different. think that, you know, just because someone is entertaining something and then maybe someone advises them that it's not the right thing and they realize that and they don't do it great i just don't think you can judge people on what they were considering or thinking or i mean i i agree that it's awful that he was even considering it i i definitely agree that it's not a great look but i think to take to go all the way to we're not we're not sponsoring you know you know nba on on tnt I think I, but I, but like for Kia though, I think that's tough because of just how big that show is. That is the NBA show during the season. Like you stay up late after the Lakers to watch that game, right? You stay up late after the West Coast game to to watch that game. And I just think that that with this Charles Barkley situation, mm-hmm, I could mm-hmm, see mm-hmm, Turner. Mm-hmm, I'll tell you what, mm-hmm. I could see Turner saying to Charles Barkley, "Hey." Yeah, man, we're 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 gonna have to move on because you were in the cycle considering this. I could definitely see yeah. that. I, I I don't know how you don't. I think that's crappy if they do. I, I just the person didn't do it. They didn't do it. I've thought of a lot of things, and if you're gonna judge me on all the things that I've thought or I've maybe considered but didn't do, then we're in trouble. But does Charles yeah. Barkley considering just just the mere fact that Charles Barkley was in the news cycle considering? doing it does that bring damage to turner oh i think it does that i, I, I think, think is the hard part i think charles barkley is forever stained for ne- negotiating with live golf and the the other thing is it's what you don't know what is it we don't know about live golf what is it that like if you look at and and again i'm not i'm not this is not a political conversation but if you look at the heat that live golf took for for being at bedminster this last weekend and Donald Trump making statements supporting the Saudi government right. and and Live Golf when he was direct, directly asked. I mean, Donald Trump's a New Yorker. This is a guy that is is known as a New York guy through and through. Yeah, saying that there's no, you know, we don't know what happened on 9/11. Yeah, because when he was asked and, about that, him and all his conspiracy people say that that George Bush did it. They're like, oh no, it's an inside job. 
It was an inside job. No one wishes that on themselves. No one's going to do that to themselves. Infowars. It's just a conspiracy yeah, thing. I, I, so I, Donald I, Trump can get away with that, just like he can get away with grab him in the, you know what? He can get away with saying he could shoot someone on the street and not get in trouble. He can get away with it because he can just, you know, conspiracy theory it away. I don't know, man. I, I think that your words have consequences. And I mean, to your point, I mean, obviously politicians in this country say a lot of crazy things, but I'm not one that believes in cancel culture. I'm not. I just think that this live golf thing is different. I I, I think it's different. When, I, I do think like I, I'm disappointed to hear of the players who did decide to, to just take the money. They're like, yeah, I don't want to play forever. So I'm just going to let you buy me out. That is definitely the the you know the epitome of a sellout. You totally sold out. You were like, yeah, I get it. It's the mafia. They kill people, but I'll go ahead and take their money and move somewhere else. Well, and that you're not willing to be accountable for your choice. Yeah. That's that's the thing with Phil that really yeah. bothers you. I is mean, that I hope everyone understands the type of questions these guys are getting. It got to a point with Phil where they asked Phil, the media there asked Phil, hey, are you getting training? on dealing with our questions like is is live golf like giving you media guidance to dance around these questions that's the level it got to. oh i'm sure that he is getting training he better be he denied it but i would guess he is if it's not from live golf it's from his agent it's from somebody or his pr person <laughs> Every well, because he doesn't have athlete. sponsors. Yeah. He doesn't have sponsors anymore. But I mean, every major athlete has someone who can coach them on how to answer yeah, questions. You would I, think so. I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I just am, I probably am, I'm probably being too judgmental. I mean, I I, I, I totally wear that. I, I think that it is, this Saudi thing is different. I this, think, this is very different. I think with Chuck in the Saudi thing, that for sponsors and for Turner, the the conversation is not Kia not sponsoring the show anymore because you're you're it's not the show's fault that Charles went and did that. But what I do think I think Turner has a responsibility to control the the narrative on it and to and to handle it properly. And I just think it's hard because it's Charles Barkley. And by the way, I could be wrong on this, but didn't Charles say this was going to be this upcoming season was going to be his last on TV? I think, or like that he was retiring no, from TV or I, something I, like that. I think he said he doesn't want to be on TV forever. I could be wrong about that. Yeah. You know, I, um, let's see. Uh, Go Black 45 said, blood money is everywhere. We take oil from Russia, Iran, wear sneakers from child labor camps in China. So the no one can stand on moral high, high ground. I don't disagree with that. Uh, Fat Jesus says, Monty is being super judgy. Probably. I, I own that. I am. I'm with you, Monty. If you entertain the idea of doing something that's wrong, it shows your true character. Especially, and again, I put this Audi thing in a different category. Right. And I'm I'm not I'm not here to talk about conspiracy theories or. And I see all the comments, but I'm not here to have that conversation. I I I deal in facts, science, news. You look at that. What happened on 9/11? You look at the Jamal Khashoggi situation. Yeah. You look at their treatment of women, like, I mean, it, it's just too much. Jamal Khashoggi on his own. Yeah. You know what they do, like, and you still took their money. Like, you can tell me I'm judgy, and I totally get that. Brad W. says, look in the mirror, Monty. Again, I'm not saying I'm perfect. 
I'm not. I'm not at all. I've got Jordans on the. Yeah, wall. I don't understand how that even applies. To you be know, like with I, you. I, I, but I can tell you right now, if Live Golf called me today and say, "Hey, do you want to do color commentary on our broadcast?" I would tell you, "No, fuck yourself. Never, ever, ever will I ever do that." I quite literally will tell you, I would be homeless instead of take money from Live Golf. Yeah, I, I, I will never. I will never do that. I just won't. I won't. Neville ninety three says Saudi stooge. LOL. Yeah. I mean, it's the truth, True. dude. That's what you are. Like, you know. Saudi stooge. Like, again, and that bite is from a reporter asking Phil Mickelson, I believe it was. Are you concerned about being a Saudi stooge? Saudi stooge. That like, was the question I'm asked telling in London. You, these reporters bring heat on these guys, Because the Euro reporters don't care. Yeah. Like, yeah. they don't care. Yeah. Right? Uh, Fat Jesus says, after watching Breaking Bad, I considered making meth, but didn't do it. <laughs> well... Okay. Uh, you know when you're uh, when you're desperate and you're trying to figure out what you're doing. Like I, I, I just don't know what the conversation was for Charles Barkley in his head or the other people he was talking to because maybe he reached out to those other golfers and they were like, "Hey, man, I know it's not good, but it's a lot of money, and I hey don't want to play all my the rest of my life." And people start to consider stuff, but as long as the what decision you end up at is the right decision. That's what I care about. Uh, yeah. I've had plenty of poor decisions in my life and plenty of things that I've thought about doing that I didn't do. So but I'm just more concerned with that. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with you at all. Uh, Frank Jennings says, Mrs. Monty is right, considering it is bad, but not as bad as taking the money. Monty is treating it all the same. We all buy stuff from China. We're totally innocent. We're not totally innocent either, as I said. But again, I'm a Jordan guy. I'm an Apple guy, but that's not wrong. But, I'm an but, iPhone guy. I'm an Apple MacBook so guy. Here's the only issue I have with that. I don't disagree. I, you know, like, okay, I understand the sentiment. Yes, totally get it. You know, labor overseas is not great. I totally get it. But the only thing I would say is that we're not we're not millionaires taking more millions, right? We're not these guys, and this is the problem I've always had with Liv, which is these golfers who are like, well, I don't want to play golf forever, and golf sucks, and 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 I need the money. Well, I got news for you. You don't need the money in reality. In actuality, you don't need the money. Any PGA golfer is, if you're not a millionaire in the first year, you shouldn't be on the tour. Yeah. Like, that's the reality of the situation. So I always have hated the sentiment that these guys somehow are struggling for money or they don't have millionaire well, houses in Malibu, bro. I don't think bro. they're struggling at all. I don't think Charles Barkley is struggling at all. I don't know his true financial situation. But, but we can all agree that they're about, well off. It's about, I'm going to take the payoff. You sold out. That's all. That they sold out. Yeah, I, I don't, and again, I don't, I don't, I don't get into the conspiracy theory thing. Uh, I, like the China, uh, there's a lot of people commenting about, um, you know, the NBA in China. It's absolutely right. I mean, we, we know what the Chinese government does to people. I, I totally understand that. So what are we supposed that. to do? Are we, are we supposed to not buy cell phones? Are we supposed to not watch the NBA? Here's that's the ultimate, Here's that's ultimately the issue. Like, if you want to take the moral high ground, you're going to pay more money for everything that you get because we need to pay people better. We need to treat people better. And if you're going to manufacture everything here in the U.S., you're going to pay more money, but we're cheap motherfuckers and we don't like paying wow. more money for anything. Wow. We don't, well, it's true. But these golfers it's, are too. You like, know, they're the same way. It, it, they just want true. the money. So like, I, I think you're right. We're not, are, are, am I, am I any better? Well, yeah, I, I, yeah, I haven't really actually taken money from people who I, I don't agree with, but 
uh, you know, overall, we have opportunity to do better. We, we just, just don't. We're not willing to live in listen, discomfort. Listen, I just to think it's a ridiculous. Most are not, dude. It's yeah. a ridiculous nope. comparison to say, "Oh, well, you're no better because you bought an iPhone and that was made in China." I, I, but it, like, but it's, it's it is a ridiculous comparison, dude. I, I, I don't. Th- well, it, when you're trying to have a conversation about it, I understand why people bring that up. I yeah, do. I understand. I, but these, I, guys, but it, these it guys are millionaires. You have a guy choosing. like you have a guy like Dustin Johnson making a choice. That he doesn't need to make. Yeah. He, he, it is, we live in excess. There is no doubt about that. Do I wish that Nike didn't make their shoes in Thailand? I do. Do I wish that Apple didn't make their, their phones and computers in factories? I do. Do I actually know what happened on 9-11? I have no idea. I, I, I am not the guy that's going to get into conspiracy theories. That's not this show. But what I'm telling you is I do know this. If Live Golf called me and I saw that somebody said it's easier to say you wouldn't take the money until you're offered the money, I, I wouldn't tell you right now. It's true. I'm not taking that money. Yeah. Is it difficult to turn down eight hundred million dollars? I'm sure it is. Yeah. For me, it would not be. I I, I don't believe. It, it, I don't. We do pretty well. I'm not hurting for money. It, it. I'm not taking the money from Live Golf. I'm not. I'm just not doing it. Yeah. And I I think that. It is what it is. Anyway, let me read some comments. Ute Nation Goat says, we don't have the opportunities NBA players have. We don't. We do not. Keith Carl says, money is the answer. What's the question? There you go. Yeah. There you go. Sean Benitez says, yo, Mrs. Monty just killed it. Utah Jizz says, tell Mrs. Monty spicy, spicy, spicy. (laughs) Utah Jizz. (laughs) Uh, Talking with Raphael Podcast says, Mrs. Monty dropping facts. Yeah. Uh, Steve Peterson says we're all sold out by all politicians and cooperations years ago, and now we're paying the price. It is. We have the other thing that I think we don't want to recognize is we as Americans don't have choices on what we buy. I mean, to a certain extent you do, but find me a phone of any reliability that, that you can find hundred percent made in America that does what you need it to do. You can't, I think it, you can't scrub your life of oppression. You you just can't, whether it's concrete, whether it's cars, whatever. What kind of car do you drive? I drive a German car. I don't drive an American car because American cars are not readily available in the, in, the, in, in the marketplace. I'm not a truck guy. I'm a car guy. How many manufacturers in America actually make cars, right? Like you, you don't have the choices that you want. That's just the reality of, yeah. of the way that, uh, that our life is. Uh, Neville 93 says, Hey, Mrs. Monty, cheap MFers. <laughs> Could be. Fat Jesus says, They're setting up their grandchildren with a future. You're buying shoes for now. Okay. That could be. And you're cool doing that by taking money from the Saudis. You're telling I'm me not. they couldn't set up their grandchildren's See, I, future I, I off knew, the PGA tour? I knew this was going to. This is what I hate about these conversations. It degrades into how many planes hit how many buildings and. So let's wrap it up. I just want to talk about Charles Barkley and Tiger Woods and live golf. You know, like, like it is that simple. Okay, let's wrap it up with Tinder is 10 years old today. Yes, it is. Wait, let me just single up on Jake. Happy <laughs> <laughs> you. Happy birthday to your burning genitals. Wow, <laughs> your burning genitals. No, okay, sorry. I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. It's so wow. it you went out. out. It just comes out. Wow. Does it? Tinder wow. is 10 years old. That's pretty wild. 
Look at her changing the narrative. <laughs> so the funny thing about Tinder being 10 years old, and this is not a joke, being 100% serious, Tinder, when it was first created in 2013, or 20 late 2012 or whatever, uh, it was the alternative to Grindr for straight people. That's what Tinder marketed itself as. And so I saw this story come out that it was 10 years old, and I just thought it was interesting. Like dating apps, I feel like have taken over the world, especially with the thing that we can't talk about, you know? Yeah, it's funny. Mrs. Monty and I met on AOL Instant Messenger. Yeah. And back in the day, that was his, that was his dating Now, when app was that? Was that, what was that, the 90s? No, that was the 19- early 2000s. Yeah, it was in the 90s. It was 1937. 1936. Right. Okay. Um, 1997. He drove his AOL carriage over to my house. I'm sorry, yeah. your AOL carriage? Well, I packed a bunch Trust of burlap started. sacks and put them on the back of my mule. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, it was, uh, we met at National Sports Grill in West Covina, California. So good. But Dude. people today, I think the only place to really date anymore is on an app, right? I yeah. Mean, you use you use Bumble. Well, and you have, no, I use Hinge, but Hinge. you have your selection. So Bumble is one of them. Well, let, let's clarify, you used. Used Hinge, used. yeah, yeah. used Hinge, used. sorry, yeah. Jake has spoken. Don't don't want to don't want to you know upset anybody. Congratulations um, on your recent engagement, by the way. Uh, we're not engaged yet, but that's fine. Anyway, point is, yeah. um, you have your selection of apps. Yes, that's how the dating game works, and it's really more about like Tinder is like the trashy one night stand app. Let's you have just want to go and have sex. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna say some dating apps, and you just give me a phrase. <laughs> okay. Grinder. Grinder is for you know gay folks. That's what it is. That's what they market themselves as. Tinder. Tinder is getting laid and never seeing them again. That's what it is. Okay. I mean, you know. So it's the one night standout. Yeah. Match. Match is overpriced, you know, marketed as long term. I would say overpriced is the word that comes to mind. Okay. Uh, real fish or more fish. No that. idea. Um, oh, plenty of fish. Plenty of fish. Literally, I've never heard of that. I don't know what that, that is. That is people scamming people. It's catfish land. Catfishland. Far- farmersonly.com. Never use farmersonly.com mainly because I don't have a John Deere. <laughs> you don't have... Oh, no, nope. Not making a sexual reference. Best place to meet somebody. <laughs> best place to meet somebody. I would tell you best place to meet somebody legitimately would be Hinge. That's That to me has always been the more classy, will still take a long time, but you at least have a chance. Okay. That's what I would say. Jeff Bezen, Bevan, Jeff Bevan, good morning, friend. He says, beep, bong, screech. You are now connected. Dial up life. <laughs> <laughs> Remember like on yes, AOL when you'd have dude. to insert like the disc? Yes. Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, Barfing Chicken says, Monty going on dates using his pet dinosaur. <laughs> That's right. That's I used right. to have the cool like saddle for my pet dinosaur. Uh, anyway, talking with Raphael Podcast. Oh, snap. Remember MSN Messenger oh, uh, theme? Damn, I'm old. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, Jake's favorite dating app is texting. No, that's how he ends relationships, not starts them. I'll drop that motherfucker. Seriously, he broke up with a woman over text. Ryan P., I've had the most success on Hinge. Yes. So you like Hinge. Now, yeah. yeah. Now, I'm I'm 28, late 20s, right? That's where I found success. I don't know about, I don't know about 30s or 40s or as you age, but that's where I feel like for 20 or 20 somethings. Austin Napierski says, back in 1800, right, Monty? Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I knew that, you know, I felt like the Civil War was coming. And so I just wanted to kick, 
Yeah. Sexist mm-hmm. Jeff Bevan says farmers only. Giggity says what about farmers only? Utah Jizz says Instagram. Can you meet people on Instagram? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you got... Okay, it... well, now you can be... <laughs> Look, LeBron, take yeah, it easy. Yeah, <laughs> people's DMs on Instagram, but I don't I know if you're really meeting thoughts. people. <laughs> and, okay, this is my PSA. <sighs> don't you dare use LinkedIn as a oh, dating Oh, that's right. <laughs> so, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> don't you, do it. So, you use LinkedIn a lot. Tell this story, because I think this, yeah, is, this really is important. Yeah, this is important. This is important. I've had at least three different... Uh, times where I've had people reach out to me on LinkedIn trying to hook up. Trying to hook up. You are so beautiful. I love your picture. Hey, guys. And I would love... And it's like... And then you have to respond to them and tell them, hey, you perv. It's not a dating site. And then you have to report them. Hey, um, yeah. Hi. Uh, I'm, not inter- <laughs> I'm not interested in sex with you, but if you could submit your resume in a cover letter, uh, that'd be great. It's yeah, next question. LinkedIn. <laughs> it's work. No, I don't even know you. You're not even in my circle. I accept as, your invitation, and that doesn't mean I want to date. But as men, we we are dirty fools. We're like, oh, I'll connect with her. I'm a fucking unit. Hey, baby. <laughs> I got. I got. LinkedIn gotta, is not a dating site. I got a position you can fill. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's move on because that sounded really creepy. Oh my god. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says I think Caruso prefers farmers only. Well, okay. Okay. Giggity says, I can see Monty dressed as Fred Flintstone rolling up at Mrs. Monty's place. No. I remember you very well from those days. Jeremy, yeah, exactly. Jeremy Bolton says, uh, Zach Wilson used Cougar Club. Yeah. Uh, See what he did there, Cougar Club? See what he did there? See what he did there. All right. uh, Before we get out of here, we got to uh, remind you. Um, to go to any barbecue pit stop in the Valley um, because that's where we have our enter to win boxes because we are sending a listener uh, to the Notre Dame BYU game Shamrock Series Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas on October 7th and 8th. Uh, We have two nights at the Palms Casino Resort and Hotel um, as well as two uh, tickets to the game and a $250 gas card to get you there and you can enter to win at any barbecue pit stop location in Utah including Logan, Lehigh, Layton, Salt Lake City, and St. George. There is an enter to win box right on the counter. Go in there, fill out the slip, tell them you heard about Barbecue Pit Stop on the Monty Show. It's all presented by our good friend, Debra Davis at Academy Mortgage, NMLS number 278545. Yes, you can afford a house. Yes, he can help you with your down payment. Yes, he can make you a cash buyer, but yes, you got to call Debra Davis at Academy Mortgage. 801-543-9666. Academy Mortgage and Debra Davis are equal housing lenders. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.